This episode is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency. If you're looking for an insurance agent with a personal touch, someone willing to have the real conversations about what's important to you, assistance with submitting claims and offering quality coverage options, Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency may be the place for you. Whether you need home, auto, farm, commercial, life, or health insurance, we're here for you. Check us out at agentzachmiller.com. Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Western Agriculture Insurance Company. My next guest is a Northeast Nebraska native. His love for skateboarding prompted him to open Whisper Skate Shop. Bryce, thanks for making time to be here today. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm Zach Miller with my co-host Vance Neidig. Nice to meet you, Bryce. And special guest Ryan Battershaw. How's it going? And we are touching base with Bryce Schmitz today. Um, Bryce, let's start a little bit in your early years. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Tilden, lived in a little ran down house outside of town. Um, We moved around a lot, but yeah, born in Norfolk, raised in Tilden. Where'd y'all move around to? Is it like in your early years, like when you were younger? Yeah, um, we moved around Tilden, you know, just house to house in Tilden. Oh, just in Tilden, okay. Yeah, but we also, we moved to, I mean, Columbus, you know, Norfolk, um, Neely. Uh, We moved quite a bit, but it was always the surrounding areas. Okay. Um, Where did you go to high school at? So I started high school or, you know, went to school in Tilden and then did homeschooling and then went to Battle Creek School and then also went to Norfolk High. So I went to Norfolk High too, okay. Yep. How old are you? I'm 26. 26. I've yep. been way after my time in Battle Creek then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to the what, the Catholic school. Oh, the Lutheran school? St. John's? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I only went for, gosh, it was like a month. <clears throat> oh, so that was like during elementary years and junior... Do up to junior high, I think maybe. Yeah. Or maybe they don't have junior high. I can't really remember. Yes. Yeah, I never went to St. John's. I was always in the public system. So. Right. Right. Did you do any college or anything? No. Nope, no. Nope. Nope. That's okay. Um, I didn't do much of it either, so yeah. don't worry about that. Did you enjoy the homeschooling yeah. aspect? Yeah. I w- You know, when I, all of my school years, I was never. I, I hated it so much, you know, and, God. I mean, I was just a horrible student, and then, uh, so yeah, I started doing homeschooling. I mean, I graduated through homeschooling, but it was Who taught you, your mom or your dad or a family member? Uh, so my mom, she, she would help out, but we went through Penn Foster, so it's an online schooling, and they have- Oh, the, they kind of handle everything? Yep, yep, the whole system. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't really know that yep. that was what it was. I knew they existed. I just didn't yep. know. Yeah, that's really cool. So did uh, she kind of worked with you and you could, there was no like set schedule or anything. So you were able to, I mean, you technically had your schoolwork, but it, it was a little more free, freedom oriented where that type of thing, like do it when you had got time to do it, not really rigid and structured. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it started out like that, you know, like structured, but eventually it got to the point where it's like, all right, just get it, you know, just get it done. She's a single mom raising two boys, you know, yeah. It, so it's just get it done when you can. And, and both of you were doing it? Um, my brother, gosh, he did it like his last year. He did homeschooling his so se- senior year. How old were you? Like what grade did you start homeschooling then? Um, God, we started after sixth grade. 
And then that's when I went back, you know, went to Battle Creek and then went to Norfolk. So I think eighth grade is when I quit finally and okay. then just did homeschooling. Okay. There's a lot of kids that do that, I think, up to like high school age. Yep. That do homeschooling. Right. We had a lot, even when I was in school, that would participate in sports early, like seventh grade, eighth grade, homeschooling into the public system. And then they'd come over and actually go to school at the high school. Oh, yeah. Um, so was it hard during the homeschooling time to like meet friends? Did you have, did you already have like a core friend group at the time? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the main thing is, you know, up to sixth grade, I, I had all, you know, this, all the friends, you know, all, all the, I knew all the kids until then. And we always hung out like every single day. You knew Our, all the kids in that huge town? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's probably pretty easy to do. <clears throat> right. I know our house was kind of the gathering spot we'd always have like 14 kids there just hanging out <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun i wish kids would do that more nowadays <laughs> right yeah definitely they probably do in the smaller towns though i suppose it seems like it yeah yeah, yeah. it's tough around here it's and i'm maybe it's somewhat me too but i don't like i need to talk to the parents before i'm just letting your kids go over kids, and not know go what's going over on. or even kids come over like i don't know maybe i'm just being a douchey dad no but. i think that's more how it is nowadays though yeah you just kind of Got to know the parent. Because like in a bit. small town, the, all the parents probably know each other. Oh, yeah. 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 Whereas I don't, I don't even know half the, not even half. I only know like two parents that Christian. Yeah. And in the smaller town for sure. And I'd imagine a lot of it in Norfolk's kind of that way. But like you knew as a kid that you're getting disciplined from right. whatever parent. It, you yeah. don't have to worry about your parent finding out. Your buddy's parents are going to whoop your ass or yeah. do whatever, you know, like. You know, they'll give you your little ass chewing or whatever you need because you were getting that <laughs> parenting from the town, basically. Everybody was kind of on the same page that way. Yeah. That's funny. So you had a pretty close friend group in your teens, though, right? Yeah. That yep. somewhat inspired the skate shop a little bit? Yeah, yep. So um, when I was 12, 13 years old, that's when it all kind of started. Um, so, gosh, I was constantly staying at my buddy's house in Meadowgrove. And, I mean, 300 people in the town, nothing to do. And gosh, we, we lived in Metagrove as well, um, not at that time, but throughout the time, you know. And so growing up there, um, there's nothing to do. So we ended up starting a little group. It was like our, I don't, I don't want to say gang, but like our, our group, you know. It was like yeah. our tight-knit group. And, yeah, we called it Whisper. It was all skate-related and constantly. I mean, we were just little shits. We were <laughs> we'd steal cigarettes from you know, my buddy's mom and be sitting on the roof smoking cigarettes at like 13 years old, talking about Whisper becoming some big brand and constantly writing up shirt designs, you know, board designs. I mean, there's notebooks out there and I need to find them, but there's so many notebooks out there, just so many designs. And it, it was definitely our life back then. But then, uh, so yeah, where, where Whisper really came apart is um, on my 14th birthday, um, two of the friends that were involved in it, they ended up passing away in a bad car wreck. So my mom woke me up that day and told me about it. And I'm sure you guys have got news like that before, you know, and it's when you get that news, you don't really believe it, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I lost a really good friend that way. My dad woke, I was literally at home for the weekend, uh, back from a different town. And I got told it like, you know, midnight or whatever, somebody, so-and-so passed away and that, yeah, it's tough. Oh yeah. It's a rough yeah, deal. It's like you don't even want to believe it, you yeah. know. And so, so yeah, that that day I called the one's brother, the one that you know I was really close to his brother, and called him. And 
yeah, sitting outside the farmhouse, just on the phone, like bawling. And I told him like someday we're going to turn whisper into something. And that, you know, that just goes to show the fact that that was on my mind during that time is like, that's how much whisper was, you know, our life at the time. And yeah, I just told him we're going to turn this into something someday. How hard was, I mean, obviously it was hard, but can you walk us through some of the pain that you went through for those, you know, a couple of years there? Yeah. I mean, God, that, that night, um, so it, with it being my birthday, you know, as a kid, you know, it was literally on your birthday that this happened. Yeah. I woke up and, you know, it's my, woke up on my birthday and got that news. So that day, um, my mom, you know, she's like, do you want to have people out? Cause we were going to have the family come out and, right. you know, and have a little get together. So kind of went back and forth for a while and I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. You know, I, that's what they would want, whatever. And, you know, I, I was so young, but, uh, so the family comes out, I ended up, you know, I went upstairs and kind of just hung out alone for a while. And then, uh, that night had a couple buddies come out and that, that's, gosh, it, I can't say that like my drinking and everything came from that moment, but that night is the first time that I like actually enjoyed drinking because it kind of, I don't know, maybe I, I felt the pain and it kind of took it away or what the deal was but you were trying to fill a hole of some sort or yeah you were f- trying to find uh well i don't know what it, uh fixing it some way that really wasn't probably fixing it but it felt like it was fixing that type of deal yeah yeah it feels like it takes the pain away sometimes yeah that yep. is the pain yeah yeah 100 percent. was that kind of where you think that some of the alcohol started was yeah. right after that yeah i would say so um and you know it's completely completely on me. It was all my choice to do all that stuff. But, but yeah, 14, I mean, I, gosh, I don't know how deep we can get on, on here. but We I, can get as deep as you want. Deep as you're comfortable that's to what, go. That's what we're here for. So <laughs> as long, whatever you're comfortable with. Well, yeah, I, uh, got it. So I started smoking weed as well. Like that night was the first time I ever, because I, I tried weed. The first time I tried weed was I was 12 years old, and I didn't really like it. Just I didn't like it at all. And then... Tried it a couple other times, didn't like it. That night we drank, we smoked, um, and I fell in love with both of them. So then I ended up... Had meeting. you drank before that too then? Or was that kind of a double... Yeah, I, I drank, a, but it was never like, you know, drinking to get Heavily? Drunk. Okay. Yeah, but it was just... You know, like stealing your dad's beer, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> stealing one of your buddy's dad's beers and just, hey, let's try having a beer type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to get the timeline there. Oh, no, no. Um... So yeah, I ended up meeting this guy, and I'm 14 years old. He's God, he was 27 at the time, and I mean, he was selling all sorts of drugs. <laughs> and so meet met him. I told him I was like, hey, I know so many like kids that want to smoke weed. Like, let me sell some weed for you. So ended up getting together with him, and I remember staying at his house at 14 years old, and this is the first time I ever tried pills. He said, hey, snort this. And first, you know, most people, first time they try, they, you know, swallow them or whatever. But, yeah, 14 years old, snorted a couple. They were hydros, at, you know, hydrocodone or whatever at the time. And, uh, yeah, then I fell in love with hydros at 14. Well, not just hydros, but the whole pill industry, I just fell in love with that. And, yeah, everything just really went downhill. So 14, that's... That's an early early start for some of that. So I don't want to jump around too much. So I want to keep kind of going. I'm trying to think of how to word my questions here. 
Um, we'll we'll come back. We'll come back to that. How about that? Yeah. Um, can you walk us through just a little bit of, of how your guys's, you know, the, the two that passed away, how your guys's love for skateboarding and art came about? Like, what inspired you guys? Um, God, what inspired us? I mean, I think looking back, you know, like the shows, like Robin Big. With Rob Deerdick. Um, I was just wondering if that was around that timeline when Rob was, Robin Big was just really big back then because I'm just trying to put your age with my age and where that would be. And you guys have probably seen the Fantasy Factory too, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, Fantasy <coughs> that Factory. That was after Robin Big. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, like Viva La Bam, CKY, oh, yeah. all those guys. And this thrash, I mean, there was a lot of influences, but, yeah, we, uh, like the whole town of Tilden, all of us kids, we, we started skating together and then, Slowly but surely, everyone just kind of fell off, fell off, fell off, and then ended up being I was the last one left that actually skated. I mean, they might bust their boards out, you know, when it starts to get nice, but they would only have it out for like a week and then put it away. And I was like the only one that kept going. And then uh, that's when I met Alex. He would have been Christian, the one that passed away. It would be his brother. And Alex, he was like a really good friend, and we just skated every day together and then um, his brother Christian, the one that passed, he was just super big into art. And I mean, he he was, God, he was 15 years old when he passed. And he was like all into like Buddhism. And he was just such a <laughs> loving guy, you yeah. know. And yeah, he was a super, super big into art. So he would do like all of our designs and everything. And that's really why I want to find that book because all those designs are going to be his designs and it would just, it'd be cool to bring them back and actually put them on, on some product, you know? Yeah. Do you know where that book is? I have no no idea. idea. I've tried asking his mom, asking him, but yeah, we gotta, we gotta find that. That'd be cool if you could. Right. For sure. Um, but back between year 14, when this all happened, was there ever any talk of any kind of therapy for the tragedy or was it just kind of, no, no, no talk of therapy or nothing. Uh, you know, just, just deal with it. Right. Right. Um, so back to the drugs, the alcohol. So you're 14. Take the hydros. How far down did you go? Like how far down the rabbit hole? Like how many years was this a so and such and such problem for you? Gosh, um, <clears throat> I got sober at 22. So also eight, quite a while. Eight years, basically. Yeah, and. You know, sometimes I'll say, like, 10 years of doing drugs, but, you know, I didn't really fall in love with it. So that those two years was kind of just, you know, messing around. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, de- I, I don't know. It got to the point. So I really just, I got on probably, I just loved smoking weed. Like, you know, we'd drink every once in a while, and I enjoyed it. But the, the main thing was smoking weed, and I really loved that. Then I got on probation for one of the nights that we were drinking and you know I have quite a few charges and they've always been drinking related but um yeah I love smoking weed got on probation and then that's when like the alcohol really came in because you know when you're on probation you got to take piss tests and you fell for weed and I could get away with the alcohol so I think I was 16 years old and I mean I drank every single day and you know it got to the point where I'd be drinking at family events and just drinking every day but for the other stuff you know like the pills and everything I mean it that got pretty out of hand as well it went from I mean everything starts the same way you know you start 
smoking cigarettes, then you smoke weed, then you take a pill, then you, you know, and it went from, well, you know, initially smoking cigarettes to smoking weed to popping pills to, you know, doing coke, doing whatever, you know, whatever would get me going. But when you were during the drinking time, were you drinking alone a lot too? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I had a little bit of a stint of that too. So I kind of see where you're coming from right. on that, on that stint. Um, you always feel like once you start drinking alone, that's when it's probably a, a little bit of a problem. Yeah. yeah. How, like how much were you drinking at the time? Um, I was so broke. So as much as I could, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, gosh, at, at very minimum, it'd be at least a six pack. My drink of choice, I would just get Keystone, just yeah. cheap stone, you know, it's not too bad. Yeah. So I'd get those little 16 ounce cans and, uh, yeah, six pack of those at, at minimum, but yeah. So like yeah. every night? Yeah, every yeah. single night, yep. And you felt like you absolutely had to do it, or you did it to, you know what I mean? Did you feel bad if you didn't do it? Did Did you feel like I had to do it, and if I couldn't do it, then you felt like your world was ending, basically? Or? Yeah, I mean, it definitely got to that point <clears throat> where, I mean, it, gosh, it got to the point, I got pretty bad with, like, liquor as well, you know? I Every time I drank liquor, I would just black out, and it was never a good time, but... I mean, there was a point, though, where I would shake if I wasn't drinking. Mm. And, I mean, even just a few hours of not, or like a day or so, you know, I'd just have a little bit of a shake. And so, yeah, it definitely it definitely got a little bit rough. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it happens. Um, but you're probably, I mean, a lot of it was probably numbing some of the pain. You were just trying to get away from life a little bit. Yeah. Is that kind of what? God, at the same time, though, it's like, God, I, I feel that I had a great childhood, you know? Yeah. Like, I... I mean, I had a wonderful childhood, you know, especially compared to other kids. It's like, so I don't know if there was pain or just stupidity or, you know, what it was, but, but I mean, I did it and got, got hooked on it. Yeah. So, so did you have any scary experiences with some of the drugs? Was there ever a point where you, was there any like overdose scares or like? Um, Me personally, no. There was a point like here in Norfolk, a girl took i don't remember what she took but uh took something and then you know we had to call the ambulance we had mm. to clear the whole house out get all this stuff out because the cops are coming as well and that was that was i mean the closest thing she was like having but nothing ever for you personally yeah never for me never for me did that scare you a little bit seeing somebody else go through it yeah i, I mean a little bit um but were I, you high at the time so like it didn't really register at the time yeah and I mean, I mean, like, like at the time, this. I think the cops scared me more than anything. Yeah, yeah. They don't just, want to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I was just an idiot, you know, just <laughs> yeah. an idiot, and yeah. And stuff happens. I mean, we all go through certain times of our life where there's some struggle, right? Um, I just commend you for talking about it. Really, right? <laughs> it's a, probably a tough thing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You try to. Uh, you ever try to like? you put your story out there to try to um steer younger generations or younger people away from going the same path you did yeah even though you turned out fine i mean we're you're being successful now but like you went through struggles that maybe somebody else doesn't have to go through and they could be like i look at it as <clears throat> were you not doing that i mean you could already be 10 10 or 15 steps ahead you know what i mean like to where you are now like you you just would have started what you're doing now that much earlier oh yeah 100 percent I I'm, I constantly think about that. It's like, 
I mean, gosh, yeah, I, I constantly think about that. And for trying to steer kids off, that's my main mission is, you know, from the beginning of the skate shop and, you know, getting sober and everything, that that has been my mission from the start. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of a battle because it's like we don't want the store to be a hangout, you know, yeah. just because, you know, we're trying to run a business, we're trying to grow, you know, we're trying to do, you know, actual stuff. So we can't have 12 kids there every day. So it's kind of a battle. Just doing nothing, just taking up, sp- I mean, not doing <laughs> it, but taking up space for potential more customers type of thing is what you're looking at. Yeah. And I mean, you know, kids are kids. Oh, yeah. You know, they're kind of rowdy sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of a battle, but I'll always, I mean, when, when there's a lot of them, I'll say, hey, like, let's head out for the day. But if there's just a couple of them, and especially the ones that are troubled, I mean, and it's cool, too, that I've got to a point where these kids feel that they can trust me and I can, you know, actually give them some guidance and not just shun them for what they're doing. Just yeah. tell them, like, hey, keep doing that. This is going to happen. Because you were probably shunned a little bit for your activities, right, like with skating. At that time, there probably wasn't a very popular thing around here i mean it was but not like for were you shunned away from places like were you told to leave certain areas oh yeah yeah 100 percent. that's especially with school it's like going going back to school um you know every teacher in that school and not not every there's just a couple teachers that were good to me but almost every teacher just looked at me as trash and i think that was a big reason why i didn't necessarily like it because I was so overlooked and like, not that I needed to be praised or nothing, but I mean, they just treated me like garbage. I, I mean, I mean, there was this one time me and my buddy Alex, you know, it was a science project that we did and we were wheeling out this big tray of dirt out to the playground and dumping it. And uh, so the whole class is wheeling their project out. And then me and Alex, we dump it in the playground instead of next to the fence. So... The teacher gets the principal to come out, and then the principal sends everybody inside, including Alex. I mean, there was four hands on that on that tray, you know, and he sends Alex in as well. And then he's <clears throat> stepping on my toes and, like, physically stepping on my toes and chest bumping me, and nobody's out. You know, it's just me and him, and he's, I mean, yeah. this tall guy, six-something, six big guy, and, yeah, he's plumping with his chest and my brother god he had left at the time or whatever happened with him but he he was telling me he's like why don't you just drop out like your brother as he's bumping me with his chest and yeah i mean but there i i, I deserved it in a way like just being a little shit and being rebellious to yeah. all the teachers but, i don't know if you deserve that though <laughs> yeah i think that might have been a little far yeah <laughs> but but how do you i mean i don't know there's different views on it it's tough to Cause like I think they should guide every kid, right? Right, not tell you to drop out like your brother or whatever. Right, says. 100%. I think there's ways around some of that crap. Yeah, and there was definitely, I mean, God, there there was a couple teachers that were good, you know, and they they always looked out for me a little bit. But I mean, they, it it got so bad. I just wouldn't do anything when it came to the paperwork and everything. I, I wouldn't do anything. So I would walk into class and just. Uh, Tell him like, hey, I'm not doing anything today. So I deserve a lot of the stuff that I got. But uh, yeah, um, they ended up getting. They they thought I was like slow, like mentally slow. So they ended up bringing in a specialist, and 
this whatever this guy, whoever he was, they did an IQ test, and I ended up getting 139 for my <laughs> IQ. <laughs> and, yeah, he told my mom, he's like, I asked him a college question that he should not know, and he answered it right away. And I remember him asking me some crazy question, and I don't know... I don't know if telepathy's real or what, but I just rambled out the answer and got it right, I guess. But well, that's good. Huh. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, they uh this constant, constant overlook and I don't know, I just I felt felt like there was more to life than looking at a book and studying everything, you know. It's not for everybody. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I went through the same thing with I I hate schooling. Uh to me, this the rigidness and it was never it would bore me. It was too easy, so it would bore me, and I wouldn't. I Same with you. I didn't do homework. Right. Homework was the absolute, I can't stand homework. And I don't think homework, and I think we've talked we talk about it on certain podcasts, or maybe I, I don't think a homework should be a thing. Right. I think you have. They've gotten away from it a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. it needs to be done. If you can't do it in school, it, it you're not doing your job right as a teacher, in my opinion. Right. And you don't need to do homework, too. Some people probably need to keep writing shit. Some people need to study. I don't need to study. Tell me one time, I'm probably going to know what it is. Right. <clears throat> um, that's the way I've always been. Right. It, during school years, anyway, basically. But you're there. You're there for however many months out of the year. Nine months out of the year. Yeah. You don't and need then, to be coming home and doing homework. And you're going from you know you're going eight hours a day. Ain't no need for homework. No. You don't need to be doing homework on a weekend. You don't need to be doing homework at night because there's other shit you could be learning from your family, and that's that's where the parents' job comes in. Is like then they start tra- teaching you more real world shit. Whereas the the teachers, if they're not going to teach the real world shit, then the parents have to, and then the teachers just handle you handle your basic schooling while you're there, while our kids are there, and they're being paid to they're paid to be at that school at that time. There's no need for us to be doing homework at home. Right, hundred percent. And the only time Christian brings it home is if uh, he doesn't get it done at school. That's just because he's just a procrastinator. That's well, I, that's Barrett yeah. too. He does yeah. the same shit. Yeah. So again, COVID I don't. Then that's too homework. much homework, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they oh, don't no, be doing no, it. He just doesn't do it. He, uh, I he, still wouldn't do it. it would, like I'm making this argument, and I still wouldn't do it at school. He's he's busy drawing drawing Chicago Bears stuff on the bottom of the math sheet, and it's like, dude. Well, that's his problem right yeah. there. That's well, the that's number one problem, Chicago Bears. Shit. Like, draw something else. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So did, did you have like a, a mentor or a, a teacher or somebody else in your life at that time that kind of helped you through some things or? Um, just my mom, really, you know, my mom, she's always guided me through everything. And she she's like a true entrepreneur to the bone, just always coming up with crazy ideas and, I mean, doing those ideas. And yeah, she, she guided me through a lot. That's good to hear. That's awesome. It's good when your your family can help with some of that stuff. Is she a big part of what you do now? Um, not necessarily. She'll, she'll help out. And, like, when I need help with something, you know, I'll usually ask her first. And if she don't know, then, you know, try to find the answer somewhere else. But, but yeah, she, she helps me out a lot just with, I don't know, just, like, just the other day she came and covered the shop because I had to take care of some other stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she, she definitely helps out quite a bit. That's good. Um, do you... I forgot what I was gonna say. Do you? Are you so you're completely sober. Yep, yep. Now. Yep. When when was that? Um, God, 2020. I was 22 years old. Um, that's when I officially got sober. 
See, I have nothing against weed. I don't do it myself, right. but I have nothing against it unless it becomes a problem, obviously. Um, or do you, I hate to say this, do you ever see yourself going back to something like that? Or mm -hmm. do you think you'd end up relapsing to other stuff? I don't know. I'd like to say that I can, you know, do it and be fine now just from how much I've grown. Mm -hmm. But I, I prefer not, to not It's not try. worth the risk is kind of what you, the way you look at it? Yeah, 100%. Right. I've got a lot of friends that, that smoke weed recreationally outside, you know, outside of work or, right. you know, smoke a bowl at night to go to sleep. I don't know. Right. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't smoke weed. <laughs> it is. I get two in my head and yeah. i mean especially now like running the business it's you guys i mean i'm sure you guys know you just got so much going on oh and yeah so you smoke weeders gonna be freaking out about everything <laughs> right so how did you end up dealing with that like getting your life back on track what um was there somebody that influenced you did you do it all on your, on your own um gosh something so it, just clicked in your head yeah really just uh so I started the skate shop, you know, in 2019, finally got the skate shop going. And, you know, it was a dream come true. I finally got it. And I was so still just drinking so horribly. And, you know, I, I was in like a six-year relationship. It was super toxic. I mean, constant fighting and just, just like living in the trailer park. Our trailer, what it ended up getting condemned. It was just, you know, pretty rough living. But, uh, so me and her, we ended up splitting and she, uh, she moved out of town and then I did, was stay, staying at the trailer still cause I owned the trailer and I was just sitting there like, man, this is, this doesn't feel right. And, you know, it feels like I'm just sitting there waiting for her to like come home, you know? So I ended up, um, having the trailer, I, I put it online and then, uh, had some people that were going to buy it and, I moved to the skate shop. I just made like a little tiny bedroom in the back. It was the whole shop all together with the back area was like 1100 square foot. So just a tiny little space, but the actual storefront of it was like 700 square foot. But, um, see, I ended up moving over there and then with the whole trailer situation, um, somebody was going to buy it. So they were, but it, it needed to be fixed up. So, I was living, when I was living there, I was living with no electricity for like three months after she moved and just drinking all the time. I mean, Jeez. it was, it was rough. And I mean, I mean, God, that wasn't like the first time living with no electric, but it was definitely a long stint. But, um, so those people, we agreed like, Hey, buy it. They're going to buy it for 5,000. And they ended up getting, they wanted to get the electric on so they could work on it before they moved in. And so with the electric, being turned on the city had to inspect it so they sent an inspector ended up getting the whole place condemned and uh, oh, no. i just remember that day i was like gosh dang like i, I was thinking like all right five thousand i'm gonna dump it all into the store and you know really build off of that so going from thinking that you're getting five thousand to you know having to pay for the place to get removed i mean it, it, that was a that was a wrecking ball <laughs> but, i'm sure sounds like it <clears throat> That's definitely a, a crazy time living in the back. Like, what walk us through that a little bit? Like, what um, what was that like? Did it, uh, I uh, did it feel like it was kind of a, an excitement to you? Like, I get to work and be and live here at the same time, or did you look at it as I just got to do this? Yeah, I mean, it was. 
I was still drinking, so it was just, I don't know. The the shower that I had was horrible. You know, I didn't have a place to wash my clothes. You know, the, the actual home aspect of it was horrible, but the fact that it was, I mean, maybe 100 feet from the bar, that was pretty awesome <laughs> at the time. Because this was on, what, 3rd Street, right? Yeah, yeah. right by... Uh, District right there in Harbor. Yeah, the Harbor, yeah, that's where we'd always go. But, uh, I mean, it, it was kind of exciting at the time. And looking back now, it's like, gosh, those were such fun times, you know. And my buddy Alex, he ended up moving in there with me as well. In the in the shop there? Yeah, so we are just, <laughs> I mean, crammed in there, living on top of each other pretty much. And, I mean, he just broke up with it. I mean, I don't know if I should get into all that. But, but yeah, we were having some fun for sure. <laughs> that's cool you see it as a, as a good thing. A lot of people would see it. Well, I had to move into, right. you know, this place because of situation i was in or right but it was cool that you see it as a as a positive i guess yeah yeah it was definitely it was definitely good times and god i had a i had three girls working there at the time and i mean they're they're pretty girls you know and so i'd be like hung over sleeping in the back and then they would have a question and come knock on the door like hey blah blah and yeah that part was rough (laughs) i'm sure but it all worked out though and you know, I look back and I, those are the days for sure. And I don't know, we're constantly living in the good old days because two years from now, we'll say these are the good, are old, good days. old days. Yeah. yeah but That's how it works. I think a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> um, that entrepreneurs, sometimes you got to make sacrifices and do stuff like that. Like everybody thinks it's all going. gravy and mm-hmm. like sometimes you just got to, I mean, your business and your house is all the same and you just had to make it work. Oh, yeah. Um, great. Some of it's probably a little bit of the partying and stuff like that yeah. puts you in that position. But some people have to do that. Like, that's just what they do. Like, that's the way they make it happen. Right. hundred percent. So, yeah, that's where I really, I mean, so I was living in the back, you know, and I was just so, so lost and just such an alcoholic. Like, I would open up the shop and I wouldn't have change in the register. Like, I mean, it was just horrible. I... I look back on some of these times and I'm like, how are we even still in business? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd, I'd make a sale. So whatever, if it was cash, I would make a sale. Normally wouldn't have change for the re- for the customer. And then I'd close up, take that money, go to the liquor store, come back, open up the shop, and just be drinking with the shop open. And, yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was rough. And uh, – I, I just look back and regret so so many of those times, you know, like sure it was it was fun in the moment, but it's like God, how much further could we be today if right. I would have just got serious at you know, right away. But that's really when everything started turning around because you know, the the shop, like I said, was the dream come true, finally had it going. And one day I was just looking at it, you know, I was living in the back looking at it and it's like, man, I I'm letting this slip by faster than it came, you know, like I finally did this and here it goes. And, you know, part of it was that original building, the wall, like the outside wall was cracking and we were thinking that the whole wall, you know, they got to get it fixed. But what I was thinking is, man, this wall is going to fall down and then I'm going to be closed, you know? So I was like, this is really how far I got. This is all I could do. And that's really when it all clicked for me. And I'm like, all right, I got to get sober. I got to get this place going and I got to give it my all. Cause I, I just, that, that hunger, I was like, I can't look back on this and be like, that's, that's all I could do. A lot of time it just clicks for people. That's what happened to me. I finally just was sitting there one time drunk off my ass. and like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. 
Like this is I'm sitting by myself, probably yeah. gonna piss my pants later. Like, <laughs> like what the, f- like this is ridiculous. Like right. I'm I'm not doing anything to further anything any of my <laughs> dreams any of my aspirations. Um, yeah, so I, I get it. It just it just sometimes there's really no answer. It just kind of clicks in your head. Yep. Um, and I think a lot more people struggle with alcohol than we think. Um, a lot of people don't even know they have an addiction until it's too late. Right. You know. So at least you kind of caught it and right. kind of move forward. I know alcohol is such a God is so promoted too. You know, sports. Oh, yeah. every, I mean, yeah. it's everywhere, and it's so. It, it's <clears throat> if you can handle it, it's awesome. But a lot I of think it's don't. more dangerous than weed. Oh yeah, in my opinion. Right. But I agree. I, <clears throat> yeah, I believe that in the um, consumption of the two. Now, weed obviously can lead to uh, I don't other things, but I think a lot that a lot of that has to do with personality too, like. Um, sometimes you can get a, a functioning alcoholic or whatever, and you don't really know they're, they're drunk or whatever, but mm-hmm. if you get a true stoner, you know, there's, you know, <laughs> a I mean? big like, difference. Yeah. There's a, it's kind of the same thing. And like, they're just, it's like, man, and I, I don't mean to the whole, like to the full extent. No, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And so I can see them both being really bad, but then the alcohol has got so many different, um, different types of addictions like there's your normal guy that's got to drink all the time constantly then you're just your binge drinkers that have to binge drink and can't stop once they start they can't stop they only do it once a week or twice a week or once every two weeks or once every three weeks but when they do it they black out retardedly and they just never stop and so that's i don't really see that in weed weeds usually if you have a weed addiction it's a one one style of addiction in my opinion but i don't yeah I don't really when it know comes from to what i addiction see. side of it yeah <clears throat> whereas alcohol's got multiple different ways that it can be an addiction and i was more talking like a recreational use yeah like doing it the quote-unquote right way yeah i just feel like alcohol can be more dangerous than weed when it comes to that well yeah it's a little more socially mostly because it's more socially acceptable right and yeah right there's not weed bars. Weed bars. You'll go just sit in a bar yeah. and smoke. I mean, you do in Denver. But. Here, anyways, <laughs> not here. Not here yet. <laughs> um, so we kind of already talked about the skate shop opening in 2019. Can you walk us through getting that open? What you had to go through? Any any hoops you had to jump through? Any struggles that happened? God, yeah. So that that was a challenge. Um, so I, I was living at that trailer at the time and. You know, I was, I was starting to realize, like, hey, my life's going downhill. And, you know, I continued drinking for a while. But um, I started, you know, just looking around. I was like, man, I I really want to open a skate shop. So I started looking for buildings to rent. And even though, you know, at that time it was kind of just a pipe dream. But it's like I got to find something. And then uh, so my mom and her boyfriend, Mike, he uh, – they ended up getting a shop right on Third Street for because he does mechanic work, and then they call me one day. They're like, "Hey, like, are you still looking for a shop?" I was like, "Yeah." And there's a building like right next door. I mean, it was literally it's the same building but a different like bay or whatever you want to call it. But uh, so yeah, I go over there and we check it out. I was like, "Man, this is perfect." And um, so yeah, I ended up signing the lease and getting that going, which. Which I don't, I'm super grateful that they called me because I feel like that kind of gave me the pressure to like, okay, well, this is open. This is perfect. The rent was $400 a month. That's pretty good for downtown. Right. Holy and cow. Like, granted. That's a steal, actually. Oh, yeah, 100%. 
it, it was, you know, like that wall was falling and it was a tiny little space, but still for, I mean, 400 bucks a month, you can't right. beat it. But, um, so yeah, I ended up getting the building, which was way too early. Like I, if I could go back, I would, I would have planned it so much better. You know, I would have got everything in order before I just got the building. And so you hadn't started anything before the building was done. You didn't no have boards, no nothing. You didn't have any, you didn't have any <laughs> product. You, didn't, you, just, <laughs> no. you got, you got a space. <laughs> yeah, just a I space. guess we're figuring it out now, boys. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so yeah, it took a, it took nine months. I mean, I did the little side jobs. I, I worked a regular job too, laying bricks and like, whatever doing all that and that paid very little so it took nine months and you know every check i just put like 50 bucks in 50 bucks in 50 bucks in and eventually after nine months i felt that i had enough inventory to open even though looking back it was like yeah that probably wasn't enough inventory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i got it open after nine months and which that that was the silly part was you know paying rent paying electric paying with water. nothing coming in yeah for for nine months without even a start on it, but it all Hey, but at out. least you started. Right. That's always the biggest step. I get you, you, you put some money to something that maybe was a little frivolous at the time, but you started. Right. Yeah. That's why I always say the start stops most. No. Oh. That's what happened with the podcast. Just getting the equipment here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> talked about it many times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we, we talked for 20 or 15 years about doing it. And finally, Zach didn't even tell me he got it. It was here. And he goes, hey, it's here. Didn't know he was buying it. No. So now we got to do it. Yep. When are you going to come do the first one? Uh, <laughs> I guess we're going to do it this day. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Get he it, took get the it figured out I mean, last yeah. year. Yeah. He took that first step. Yeah. So what what month of 2019 did you open that shop? Uh, it was April. So oh. April... And that's when you opened or you, that was the nine months of paying. So like, when did you start, when did you sign the lease? Um, it was nine months before, before April. Before April. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how did, so from April to the end of the year in 2019, how well were sales going? Was it, was it a struggle? It was, it was pretty bad. I got, so my first, the first year in business, I made $3,500 and breaking that down, it was, I mean, really broken down even further. It, it was $9 a day, you know, gross, but break it down even further. Really, I was losing about $19 a day right? every single day with like the rent and everything. But yeah, so $3,500 was that first year. And then the second year um, did $7,400 and then the third year, did 49,000 and then the fourth year did 74,000 and then the fifth year just this last year I hit 150,000 and I don't I don't mind talking or 155,000 but I don't mind talking about that because it's all gross and yeah. It, yeah. you know it all goes back into the mm -hmm. business so when well, uh, you're talking about growth <clears throat> right yeah. so that third year was your complete your first sober year Yep, yep. The third year when with that huge jump when you went from seventy five to fifty, basically, that was when you became sober. Yeah, or gotta think maybe the year after. I don't oh, okay. I get it all mixed up, but but yeah, I mean when I got sober though, that's when everything, everything changed. changed yep. Everything. And you know, I was living in the back of the shop. I mean, I got I got old pictures of me sitting there just suffering it out <laughs> for like it was like two weeks just trying to cleanse through it all and uh I mean, I was just so red in the face and I would 
have like cold sweats and be shaking and yeah, just sleeping in that little room <laughs> in the back there, just going through it. But what really, what really helped out though is, you know, I, I tried doing the whole skate shop, just solely working the skate shop, making it work. But after getting sober, it's like, okay, I got to get a second. I got to get like an actual job and pump some money into this. So I ended up working at AWG or like the old affiliated. Yep. I worked there for like two and a half years and just pumped every dollar. You know, I mean, there was weeks where I'd put my whole check into the shop and I, I'd, I'd documented my whole journey. So like I got old pictures and videos of me like with a handful of change, like this is all I'm leaving myself with for the week. And I mean, I just really just put everything, everything into it. That's a true entrepreneur, entrepreneur spirit right there. Right. That's crazy. So when you're at the mall now, right? Yeah. So yep. when did that transition happen from third street to, um, got what of it just about, uh, two and a half years ago. I think it would have been, was that a big change for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, the, store on third street it was such a hole in the wall i mean you could know that we're there and you could i didn't know about it i knew when you moved to the mall but i didn't know you had already been open right yeah yeah i mean even knowing it's there you you can still miss it because it's just such a small little spot but Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely uh that was a huge change especially just the foot traffic alone it's like it went from having you know one or two customers a day they uh, knew they were kind of like not just know they knew they were coming there specifically because they knew where you were. Yeah. Now you get some people that maybe not know you're there. Yeah. But just come in. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, that, that was the biggest <clears throat> change is just the, the amount of foot traffic and, you know, just the, the growth in general. It's, it's been awesome. And the original shop was, you know, the whole dream was a soul, like solely skateboards, skate apparel, and that's it. But moving to the mall, it's like, okay, like, we can't hit this market with just skateboards. You know, we, we gotta, we gotta bring some new inventory in here. So then we really started branching into like clothing and you do like the retro shoes and stuff too. Yep. Yep. Now we, we just got into that last year. So yeah, I mean the, the shoes do so good. The the shoes are really, I'm, I'm so happy that we got that going. And You're one of the few places in town that actually sell, um, I'm going to, do quotes your quote unquote different shoes. Right, right. Like we, the athlete used to have a good um selection, but they I don't even I don't even remember when they closed. Do you remember the athlete? God, in the mall? I, I remember, but yeah, I don't remember when they closed. <clears throat> that was always a good store. But it's it's cool you're doing the shoes. I like that. Right, yeah. I gotta remember that. I'll, I'll come out there and get some shoes. Okay. Yeah, the shoes definitely took off. Um I wish we would have started it earlier though, because yeah, that that could have saved us a couple of years of some AWG money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, are you not at AWG anymore? No, no. You just do this, the your business full-time, basically. Yep, yep. How did, uh, so you opened in April 2019. How did COVID affect you? So a year later, well, 11 months later. Got, um, it, it was definitely rough. We were so small, though, so it wasn't, it's not like, a not a lot changed, you know. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot of stuff to begin with, but uh I mean, it, it was tough, though, when we did try to, and I, I say we because, I mean, I, I speak as the community, like, we have so many people that have helped out through this journey, and it's, you know, the the guy that I got working right now, it's just, you know, we are building this. It's not just me. It's not just I. This is a team that's building this. But at that time, though, we couldn't get anything through our distributors. I mean, they were all sold out, and 
I remember going down to Zoomies. Zoomies is like a pretty big skate shop and they have, I mean, they're a franchise. They're all over the place. And I went and checked one of those out during that time. And yeah, they were out of everything too. So that, that was the most That was a common occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. Through everything. Yeah. Yeah. So did did you see it as a negative then? Yeah. I mean, it, it sucked at the time. It was like, man, like we have the money to put in these orders, but we can't get anything. So it definitely sucked at the time, but it was like everybody's dealing with it. So did you take the time to maybe prepare for when things were opening back up and you could get stuff available? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely stacked up a little bit. And then I, I would always order, you know, what I could. But um, yeah, definitely just just prepared, fixed up the shop more. Um, yeah, just I don't know, did did what I could. You know, I'm, I think everybody just kind of did what they could. We kind of asked that question to all the entrepreneurs because we've had some people say it was a a negative impact. We've had some people say it was a positive impact. So I just wanted to see how how it affected you. Yeah, in, you, in the business. Did you see COVID increase the interest in skating, like as an outdoor activity, a non like a, it. A different type of activity that didn't require a bunch of social gathering and stuff did it seem like it increased that because i know like the golf industry seemed to get a really big bump from covid times because people needed to get out and do something right so i don't know if you noticed that in the skating community or not yeah 100 percent. i i would say it increased a lot it brought new people to it yep yep 100 <clears throat> percent. is there a pretty big skating community in this area um, it's, it's not huge, but with the skate park, you know, we, we just got that really nice skate park put in. Um, that brings guys from all over the place. I, I mean, haven't been over there yet. Oh, it's so nice. The new one? Yeah. Yep. Is it in the same spot as the old one or is it? Yep. Yep. Same spot. Just expanded? I guess I. Yeah. So, cause it used to be all those wood ramps, you know, and right. after time the screws are sticking out, it got kind of beat down. Okay. But, um, so they tore all that out, but it's all nice concrete. I mean, there's a bowl, there's. All sorts of stuff there. They just added a pump track, so pretty much a big circle that has little humps that you can go over and just pump around. And I mean, it's super nice. And there's guys from Lincoln and Omaha and all the surrounding areas. They they come down pretty frequently, just because it's I mean really the best skate park in Nebraska. Is it really? Oh yeah, 100%. I'll have to come check it out for sure. I think the only competitor I would say is like the Bay and Lincoln. They're an indoor park though, so I mean. You know, with them being an indoor park, that's a huge advantage. But right. for outdoor park, it's a hundred percent the best skate park. What's the uh, like the seasons you can in Nebraska be able to skate comfortably? Well, if there's no snow on the ground, probably four seasons. Yeah, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, like, do your diehards do you go out there all year long? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Even even when there's snow, I mean, I've been out there multiple times scooping snow. Really, just scoop it and hmm. skate. Yep, that's kind of cool to hear. Yeah, I didn't know if that would be a like a two like it was negative twenty degrees if we're out there right. skateboarding. I love golf, but I probably ain't going to negative twenty degrees. <laughs> no way, I ain't going to move right. snow to go golfing. <clears throat> so, moving over to the mall, was that was that like a big? Obviously, you got more foot traffic. Was that a big transition for you? Was it difficult? What was the mall? Like, did you have to look for space? Who'd you do? Like, was it the same owner that it is now that's that no. you had to talk to? Gosh, so this is really a crazy story. And I might sound like a kook telling you guys this, but nah. it is what it is. Um, so, God, how the whole mall situation came about is I was at the original shop and 
I was just looking around like, man, like, okay, I got my shit together. I got everything on track, but the building, this is a hole in the wall, you know, nobody's ever going to, you know, like we, we grew, but it wasn't to the point that I wanted to get to. So my buddy back to Alex again, his girlfriend, she, uh, started, became the manager over at, um, I think it smokes are less. It's right by uh, Dollar Tree here in Norfolk. Um, yep. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right before they uh, opened, like officially opened, they're they're getting everything set up. She became the manager, and so me and Alex stopped there the one day as they're like setting everything up, and I just I seen the building, and you know seeing everything come together, and this like I don't know what it was, but something just clicked and. I just became obsessed and I was like, man, this is what I want. I want a nice building like this. And, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about manifesting. It sounds like hocus pocus, but I mean, it is so real. And it is, I mean, it's sounds crazy, but it is, I mean, it's real. Yeah. It's not crazy. That's how most things happen. Right. You have to manifest it in your head before you you have to visualize it. That's yeah. Every successful person that's ever done anything great. I mean, they're firm believers and, so yeah, I, I don't know what what really clicked, but just just seeing that place, working at AWG for two weeks straight, I could not get it out of my head. I mean, every single hour, every day, just tossing boxes, and even when I was home too. I mean, we, like we worked long hours there, and just it would not get out of my head of the exact building that I want. So I wanted, you know, a, a building with hardwood floors, um, changing rooms. And like a nice bathroom because the bathroom at the original shop it was like a closet you <laughs> right, know yeah. and this this little things and uh yeah i kept thinking about it kept thinking about it and then that was about the time when the mall went up for auction so what had happened what i what i got out of it was there's these four guys they're a little bit younger guys what they do is they buy malls and then they fill them up, you know, get some people running, and then they sell them for to make a profit. That's right. all they do is flip malls. So I had like 10 people get a hold of me like, hey, you should check that out because these guys kept advertising like cheap rent, cheap rent, cheap rent. I remember that. Yeah. It, so, was, like, it was like super cheap. Yeah. And yeah. they're even saying like free rent. Like they're just trying to get people in there and then sell it, you know, and so I kept brushing it off. I was like, no, no, you know, they're they're going to get you in there and then just jack up the rent and, you know. Well, that's technically the model yeah. once somebody buys it, yeah. So, yeah, that's a, I just kept brushing it off, brushing it off. But, um, you know, I, I was thinking about a new building, new building, and the, the biggest thing for me, though, was I got to, because I, I knew how much money I was making. I knew, you know, what the skate industry was providing for, like, financial, you know, so I was like, I got to find something for 400 bucks or less. Like, I, you know, and that just, it sounds crazy, but yeah. So finally one of my other buddies, I mean, after like 10 people, one of my other buddies said, Hey, check this out talking about the mall. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll call him. So I call him. Um, one of the days that I had off, I went and checked the whole place out. We looked at like all the bays and they're either way too big of locations or <clears throat> like the one was this. I don't know, a little bit small, but none of them were like what I was looking for. So I I wasn't going to do it, but there was one last bay. It had a big old black sheet over the entrance, and the lady that was showing me around, she couldn't find the key for it. So I ended up having to come back the next day. So I was on lunch (coughs) 
over at AWG. And uh, so I came over, checked out the last bay. And as soon as she, like, as soon as we get in there and we move that little sheet, it was literally exactly what I had been thinking of. It had <laughs> the nice hardwood floors. It had down to the T. And I've never seen, I mean, maybe as a little kid, I seen that place, you know. But it was literally the exact thing that I was looking for. So I was like, all right, this could be it, you know. And so then I get a hold of the owners, and they ended up setting, and we're, you know, talking about rent. They ended up setting the rent, and what they sat at, set the rent at was $400. That's awesome. I was like, how in the hell did that work? But, yeah, then obviously, you know, <clears throat> new owners come in and everything gets jacked up. But, but yeah, it all it all worked out, though, and it's just like, man, that it blew my mind, you know, I thought about it constantly i could not get it out of my head and then to find that exact building for that price was this you don't sound like a kook at all that's like a true entrepreneur spirit you think like i never stopped thinking about things for the podcast for my business like my mind never shuts off right yeah so i I get it man i just like when we saw the the new house i'm like people would go into that new house be like oh the basement's not finished i don't want to buy it and I'm like, nope, this is exactly what I want because I can put a podcast studio here. I can put this here. Like, right. it's just, it's crazy how things work out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so real. I mean, 100% it's real. It is. So what they jack the rent up to, if you don't mind me asking? Um, It's currently 2800 That's what I find. Yeah. That, that sounds more like the, the mall rent. Yeah. I've, I mean. What's the square footage of the, of the spot you got? So the spot that I'm in right now is 3,700 square foot. So triple what you had before. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, I feel like we got a good deal still. Like you did. I'm not saying it's bad. I right. just from 400 to 2800 is a pretty yeah. big leap. <laughs> right. But, but you were able better. to get business, get going. Like we were, you were talking about how how good you've grown every single year. Right. And so you're able to eat that because you're never. I mean, it stuff doesn't stay constant. We all know that. So right. Yep. As, as long as you continue succeeding. Right. You just make it work. Yeah. 100. percent so tell us a little bit about like what you offer at the skate shop. We talked about shoes. We talked about obviously you do decks, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. And parts, I'm yep. assuming. Yep. Apparel. Yep. What is there certain brands? Is it Um gosh, yeah. I mean, we we order we just got a new distributor. So I mean there's like eleven hundred brands that we can get on there. Um so I mean there's just a huge variety of brands. Do you but, stick um, to the most of the popular ones for the store then? Yeah. And then there are like a few know if you'd call them underground brands or what but uh <clears throat> they're just like popular thing you know whoever's printing them just printing like super popular things on the tees those do really good for us and then uh you know a few jean brands that do pretty good but yeah the the sneakers do really well and then all the skate apparel the longboards are really really what do good for like the skating stuff they're not the skateboards they're the longer boards that you cruise on yeah so with the college here, I mean, there's constantly new kids coming in, and they don't want to walk through campus. You know, they'd rather use their longboard. Hmm. So the longboards do really good. I never would have thought that. That, that wouldn't be what I would have thought. Right. Definitely not when I was going to Northeast. Yeah. It just wasn't that thing. Right. <laughs> have you thought about ever getting into, like, the, the hoverboard stuff? Yeah, I would love to. I still can't find it a like, good, good distributor. distributor for it? Yeah. But, I mean, those are those are so popular right now as well. Well, they are. They got that. One of the chefs at 411 cruises downtown on a, yeah. it's a longboard, but it's like a electric, it's not a hoverboard, but it's oh, like really? a, an electric 
longboard, basically. Yep, yep. Gavin, yep. <laughs> is that who it is? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he'll be, yeah, he'll like lay down on it and cruise down the sidewalk yep. to work. Yeah. It's kind of funny to watch him. Yeah. Um, do you, do you have like uh, apparel distributors like from the state of Nebraska that you also sell and do that type of stuff? Or is there a community that you guys kind of do that and um, so share we, around? We do work with, uh, they're called Lost Tippy. They're right here out of Norfolk. Oh, okay. So we, we work with those guys. And then, gosh, we also work with the artist that's from Norfolk, uh, like MC Ringo. Um, but yeah, those are the, the only two guys that we've really worked with for like gotcha. local or Nebraska. What was the first one? Um, Lost Tippy. Never heard of that one. Uh, God, they've been going for quite a while. Um, Dave, I, I don't know his last name, but he, he's really, they're really good people and they've hmm. been doing it for like 10 years. Nice. But yeah, they God, they go to concerts all over, and they're constantly getting their merch on like the artist, like right. meeting them and then giving them a bunch of merch. It's pretty cool. You were probably talking about like apparel, apparel distributors, though. Yeah, different style. Well, so no, like, like that do their own design. So like, I got a buddy that I played basketball with all the time when I lived in Grand Island. I met him in Grand Island. He's got a, I think it's like Supa Drip or something. Like it's S U P A D R P, and he just sells apparel out of Grand Island. Okay. And so I didn't know. It's kind of that skate style. Right. It's not really my style, but I mean, so I didn't know if there's, I'd imagine there's other ones in the state of Nebraska too. Um, and if you're not designing your own apparel, I didn't know if you, uh, worked with some people like that and just use their stuff too. Yeah, no, not yet. I mean, I, w- I would like to definitely. I don't know you if know, you've looked into people like, or looked at, reached out to people like that, which I know you got this lost hippie, right? Right. Yeah. Um, which is convenient because you're right here in town. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they're, they're really good. You know, I, I, I like to work with good people and I did have that an opportunity to work with a guy, um, but I don't know. It, I got a little sour taste in my mouth with him, so it's like just decided not to. But on a different apparel guy, yeah, yeah, yep. different guy, yep. Okay, that's, that's stuff, and yeah, you got to make your own decision. You always got to do what's better for you, I right? Mean, that's kind of the entrepreneurial thing. Like you want to help people out, but you also gotta you gotta look out for yourself. I'm that way too, though. If I get a bad taste in my mouth, I ain't it's working like, with that person. Yeah, I ain't gonna work right. anymore. Yep. It's usually first impression for me. Yeah. Usually, yeah, right. you've seen that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What well, was like third impression for one person? I'm thinking of or fourth. It was it was my first. And I I felt that way. It's for my first impression. Of well, that, either way, you gave him a chance. I gave him a chance. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, we won't name names. No, we're not going to talk about that one. Um, <clears throat> so the skate, skate shop's doing well. Obviously, you're doing. You do a skate class still. Yep. Yep. So, God, I started the skate class um, at the original shop. Oh, at the original one. Yep, yep. So in the very back, um, I ended up building like a little tiny mini ramp. And the the original... Past your bedroom? uh, Before. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's... God, it was rough. But um, that first mini ramp that we started skate school on, it was four feet wide and like two foot tall. So it was just like a tiny little ramp. and um, Perfect for beginners though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun. At least get them dropping in, you know, but... But yeah, that that's where we started. Then ended up once I moved out of the skate shop, then I built a bigger ramp. But um, yeah, started it there. Gosh, got it up to like fourteen kids, I think. That's pretty good, yeah. actually. And I mean, 
God, it was just me trying to manage all these kids. You know, it was, it was a blast, but it was definitely controlled chaos. Were you charging for that class? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh, $10 a session, and then we do once a week. Nice. But so, yeah, built it, started it there, then moved to the mall, ended up, you know, continuing it there. Got it up to 32 kids. Wow. Yeah, I ended up hiring a guy full-time, and, you know, he became the manager, managed, like, a bunch of stuff, and um, I was still working at AWG, dumping money in, and so it was just me and him running 32 kids, but we ended up getting one other guy to help out, but that was, that was a blast as well. But now, though, we work, um, the city of Norfolk ended up reaching out, and so now we partnered up. So they take care of all the back end stuff, you know, getting the parents registered, getting everything in order. And then uh, it'd be me, Frank Planner, and Nate Murray. We all just show up and teach the kids how to skate. That's really cool, actually. Because so you do it all out of your shop, or do you go to like the skate park and do it? Um, so now with, with the city, we do it at the skate park. And that, that's a lot better, you know? Because, oh, yeah. I mean, God. You have multiple different options to teach them and stuff, too. Yeah, definitely. They, they definitely can pick up a lot more. And, you know, at the when first moving to the mall, it was, I mean, 30 kids in there with skateboards. <laughs> it just wasn't. <laughs> I mean, and, God, we still had the gate open for customers. Like, right. We, we should have done it a little different. but That's we, right. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, we made it work. Is there any, so what's the age range? Uh, any and all ages. That's really cool, too. So even, like, I could come and. You can teach me how to skate. Yeah, hundred percent. Not gonna happen, but <laughs> how I'll many try, people I do get you back have on the board? To, how many older guys, people, do you have tried to learn to skate? God, we haven't had <clears throat> not really any yet. I mean, like I'll get guys that come into the shop that'll grab a board and then go out and cruise. But for skate school, there hasn't been anyone. I'd be afraid there. of breaking something, and I just one time I got on one, I fell, and I haven't got back on one. Yeah, Same thing it. with a motorcycle. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson once and I'm done, I think. (laughs) Um, Do you foresee you guys being able to, I mean, obviously, um, teaching some kids up to a point where they can get good enough to go do some events? Yeah, 100%. Have you had any yet? uh, God, there was a contest here in Norfolk um, last year, I think it was. And, yeah, so, like, all the kids did that, you know, but... For, for skate school, really the goal is just to get them rolling, get them comfortable. And then, you know, skateboarding such a, it's a, such a beautiful store, like sport, you know, it's, it's all about creativity. So it's like, once they get to a certain level, then like personally, I'll try to, you know, urge them to just, you know, do it on your own, you know, figure out your style and how you like it. But yeah, I mean, the, the the goal though is with that with that park here it's like man we're, we're definitely gonna have some good skaters coming out of Norfolk. Have you have you thought about doing some of your own apparel to be able to maybe get in early and sponsor those kids before they get big or? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> God used to sponsor people here in town. Um, I think we had like a team of eight kids and ended up cutting it off just because, I mean. The community, there's not a ton of skaters. We we might have 50 skaters all together. So it's like if we're only sponsoring eight of them, you know, it's like the other ones feel like they're left out. So it's just we're not – the community's not that big to, you know, people started feeling like we were picking favorites. So ended up just cutting it out. I mean, if you held a contest and sponsored, like, the first top two people. 
right? They had, that's definitely a good idea. And that's that's definitely something that we're looking into in the future. Because then you won't have that backlash of, oh, you know, you're only, you're only sponsoring these two. Well, they're the two best that came out of this contest. Right. So. Yeah, that's definitely definitely a good way to go about that. But it's been, God, it's been like four, three or four years since we had that going. So, yeah, definitely definitely need to get it back into play. Who put on that contest last year? Um, It was God, Good Life Action Sports. It would be like Anthony Thompson. Is that here in town? Yep, yep. I never, I don't know if I've ever heard of that one. Have you had life action sports? I've heard of it. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know anything about it, but I've heard the name. What all is that involved? Probably with? from that, con- that not, contest. Not just, right. yeah. <laughs> what, what is all that involved? Like, what is it? Um, if you have like just an overarch, I, I don't know much about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know enough. That's okay. About okay. It yeah. I just thought I'd ask. The, yeah. He, the guy that runs it kind of came after me quite a bit. And yeah, this is. It is what it is. Oh, okay. So they, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> okay. it's whatever. I Sorry. just I don't I want to know. slander him at all. You're but, good. But yeah, there's a little bit of friction there, I guess you could say. That happens. <laughs> Have um, they done, do, do many contests get done out there at the skate park? Um, that was the first one last year, the one that he put on. So <clears throat> how does that work with the city to, um, do they allow anybody to go do that? Like if you wanted to go have a contest? Would you be able to go to the city and say, hey, I think we want to sponsor a contest. We want to do a contest. We'd like to get the parks involved or the city involved or something like that. Um, has that. Has anybody, have you ever talked to anybody about doing stuff like that? Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, and I, I think anybody can do it. You know, you just got to get everything in place, but you can definitely get out there and do it. Yeah, anybody can do events like that. You just have to get uh, approval from the city council. Yeah. And then you got to provide your own event insurance and because the city won't take responsibility for any of that so i mean it's their park they already have the they responsibility yeah, you're, for the, you're park. the one running the yeah i mean that should be part of the that should be part of the the park technically i don't think there's probably signs up that says they don't take responsibility enter your own risk yeah <clears throat> that's what um <clears throat> all the like skyview johnson's park any of the parks city parks are that way I don't think they have liability over much of what they are city stuff. Yeah. Just saying. Right. <laughs> Just put it out there. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about on the skate shop? Is there anything you want to get out to the people on the skate shop part? Um, God, no, I think we really covered most of it. But yeah, I think that's really that's really it. And I mean, right now we're just focusing on you know, social media and the website and how's that going for you? So the social media aspect. Do you sell a lot? Do you, do you sell online? Um. So for some reason, the website got. I don't know what what happened with that. I'm horrible with like all the website stuff, but yeah, some reason an error kept popping up, so the website got shut down. But um, yeah, we're getting it back up going right now, and uh, yeah, I mean TikTok is. I know it sounds crazy, but it's TikTok, not crazy. We keep getting told that. Yeah, TikTok is insane. Especially now they they have their uh, got it's like the TikTok TikTok shop. Yep. And I mean that that's an open market right now. Yep. If you can find something to get on there, that's I don't know. I keep telling people it's like finding Bitcoin before it blew up. It's TikTok. That's what it is. is. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so you don't make your own apparel right now? Not right. I mean. 
we we've done a few like t-shirts in the past but you don't have your own screen printer um no like i still got some of the equipment laying around but it's nothing nothing major just like the little cheap ones from gotcha. way back but yeah that's definitely in the in this year's goals is to get a bunch of our brands out you know start that's good. branding us and you know it's it's on the table right now that we might change the name of the store and then make whisper just the actual brand and then carry it in the store just to kind of separate it because i mean from the beginning that was always I like that idea yeah i mean that, that was always the mission was you know Whis- whisper wasn't meant to be a little skate shop it was you know we dreamed of it becoming a huge brand like skaters wearing it yeah yeah, yeah. so i see your vision yeah, yeah and i don't know that it's kind of hard to just rip that Band-Aid off because we, we don't want to take that on the sign and, you know, change everything up. But who, who knows? Either way, though, we're going to get get some Whisper gear out there and get some boards made and get everything going. You currently don't make your own boards? You just <clears throat> you resell different designs or you yep. have your own designs? Uh, we just resell, like, brands. Gotcha. Yep. That's really cool that you got that in the head, though, to, to do that. I think that's important. And it's easier nowadays than it used to be right. to just go throw some t-shirts and designs out there. Right. Um, I know, especially with social media. I mean, it's just insane. Well, I looked, I was looking at, cause we, we had some shirts made for the podcast and I went and looked at what a screen printer would cost and almost bought one. Cause I'm like, really? Hey, well, if we, if we buy enough shirts, yeah, it would just in sell them. It'd be just be more feasible just to buy a screen printer. <laughs> there is, and there's companies out there that just do, They'll, they'll do a t-shirt shop for you it's a one-click deal yeah, yeah and you don't you literally don't have any input costs you just it's on a website whatever somebody can you could just get obviously you don't get all the profit but you need to split the profit with whoever the company is but yeah right you get your little bit of it and i mean there's a there there's anything you want to do now it's out there you can do it yeah. whatever you want to do oh yeah I don't know about boards. That's that's a whole other world for me. So right. I don't know if there's just a bunch of businesses out there that just make whatever design you want. Those are right. kind of just stickers, though, yeah? Or are they, like, actually, like, put onto the board? I forget how all that goes down. God, Not I, stickers, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's decal. Like a, decal. Yeah. Some, I don't know exactly how it works either. I tried to get it all figured out early on, but, yeah, this, it's a whole process. But we do got a guy here in town. It'd be one of the guys that helps out with skate school, Frank Planner. He's actually making boards right now, like pressing them, and yeah, he God, he's doing. I don't know. He he needs to get it going a little bit better, like a little bit more. But the boards that he has made are they're really good boards. I rode one of them for like a year and a half, and I mean it held up. I still have it; it's fully intact, and it held up really good. So if he can get that really pushing and get it down to a T, then I mean I would I would hope that I could just order boards through him and then get a logo on it. Is he like a, a competitor yet? You work with him? Like um, since you're a smaller community, like you, I mean your competitors are your competitors, but you're always you're rooting for each other to succeed kinda. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And God he I think he hasn't sold any yet. So I mean he's like just starting oh, getting it going. Just learning. Yeah. So he, he may want to sell them out of your store. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the plan. Is uh like he'll he'll sell them on his own and then also i'll order a bunch of them off of him with with his logo and everything you know but yeah he's he's so busy though i mean he has a bunch of kids you know and he's he's super busy but he's gonna get it though i know he is it's awesome that's cool it's it's at least two of my friends skate i'm trying to think 
or did at one time. One still does. One doesn't probably fit on a board anymore, but probably could get on there. Right. <laughs> um, but it was it definitely wasn't as big, you know, back when I was in high school. I'm trying to think of when the skate shop or the skate shop, the uh, skate park was built because it was built before I graduated. The first, the the initial one. Right. But I'm trying to think of when that was. Because that was a, that was a big deal. I think it got shot down a bunch before they actually built it. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to. I could be so off, but I want to say it was like 2009. Was it? So was it was after I graduated? Uh, it was before that because it was there when I was in high school. So um, I graduated '06, and, and I'm pretty sure 09. it was there when we would because that's where we would get dropped off for football. We'd go get dropped off right over by that. Right. I'm pretty sure that's it was there. Yeah. And then we'd walk in the fences. I can't remember. Because yeah. there was something else. There was tennis courts over there first. Yeah. Because yep. I used to play uh, roller hockey. They had a roller hockey league really? over there. Yeah. That would have been fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, actually. Um, yeah, they tore that down to put the... I'm pretty sure it was... I don't know. I, I had something I had to look up. But it wasn't huge, and it took a while for them to get that even up and going. So right. it's cool to see that they have reinvested into it and... That the community's kind of grown in Norfolk for that, right? Yeah, uh, God, that was a big like in the beginning. For I'm I'm sure everybody goes through this, but when you're about to you know take that jump and start your own thing, you constantly question it. You're like, is this the right time? Is this the right time? And that was one of the big factors. Was like, I, I remember this one day specifically. I was like, man, I I just I can't. I gotta get rid of this building. Like, I can't keep paying rent and not. You know, putting fifty dollars in, what am I even doing? But that exact day, I was really deciding, like, all right, this is it. Like, I'm, I'll, I'll get a, bu- a building eventually, but I'm not ready. And then I pull up to the gas station, probably to grab some beer, you know, and <laughs> pull up to the gas station, see the little shoppers thing out front with the newspaper in it, and yeah, it had a big old picture of the skate park, like coming soon or whatever it said. And yeah, it's like. I don't know. It just, so you I had a lot of manifest destiny moments, didn't you? I guess. Yes. <laughs> I seen that and I was like, all right, well, let's just continue this. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you mind if we take a quick pause real fast? Yeah. All right, we're back. Had to, you know me, I got to take a pee break every hour. <laughs> um, So getting back into, you, you started the raid room. So what year did that kind of come about? Um. God, the beginning of last year, 2023. 2023? Yep, yep. And I read in your article that that was, you were trying to look for something to use in the space that you had. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yep. So, God, when I first moved to the mall, um, got into that building, you know, with the hardwood floors, everything. <laughs> and then the new owners are like, hey, um, we got this big company moving in. You know, it turned out to be, was it Planet Fitness ended mm-hmm. up getting moved in? So they came to me, they're like, hey, we got to move you to a different bay because they wanted to rip that wall down and then um, make it one big bay for Planet Fitness. So we ended up working out a deal, and uh, that that was a, a battle and a half. I mean, it was like a month or two, month and a half of going back and forth with them. And, uh, yeah. Because you probably that, didn't want to move. Yeah, and, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was willing to move, but... They were trying to throw some extra things in the mix. Gotcha. And, um, this was with the new owners? Yeah. After the new owners came in, I'm assuming, after your initial deal was done? Yep, yep. So, yeah, they uh, 
it, it, it was a battle, a couple of sleepless nights, you know, thinking like, all right, well, I'm done here. So, but, but it all worked out though. We, uh, butted heads a little bit and then came to an agreement, but, but yeah, so got, so I ended up moving base from the old one to the one that I'm in now. And this one, that old one was like 2,400 square foot. So I don't know, I guess it just felt a little more manageable to fill up. And with this new one, it's just so much space. And, you know, I still struggle at points, like, especially like this month and next month are the worst months in retail. So it's like, you know, we still got ups and downs and, you know, struggle points. But, um, so when we first moved there, it's like, God, like we got to fill this up somehow. And my girlfriend, she's like, why don't you do a rage room? And there's this perfect little spot in the back there. And, um, it's like, man, we, we could do that, you know, just build a wall here and, you know, get it all boarded up and. So that's what we ended up doing. I um, posted on Facebook and, you know, like doing social media, like especially TikTok, you know, got like I've got millions of views and all, you know, gotten a lot of traction on other platforms, but never on Facebook have I got traction. So I posted the Rage Room on what we're going to do. And I put a picture up of like what a Rage Room is just because I'm sure a lot of people didn't even know what they were. So I posted that. It ended up getting like a hundred and twenty thousand interactions. Jeez, I on, wish we could get that on the podcast. Right. Yeah, that'd be badass. <laughs> I know. I, I was mind blown. You know, because like other platforms, that's like worldwide. You know, but the Facebook group, that's all here in surrounding areas. You mm-hmm. know, so people went nuts for it. And um, so at that time, though, it was still just an empty spot in the store. There wasn't anything there. So I kept having people come in like, hey, you guys are doing a rage room? And I'd be like, yeah, it's going right here, pointing at this empty spot. (laughs) And I got... Just not there yet. Just (laughs) just visualize it. It's there, man. (laughs) I got so many sideways looks. And uh, yeah, so I I was struggling financially, like pretty bad, you know, just get moved there. And it, it took a while to get everything set up, but um. I, that it was just a battle that whole that whole period was definitely a battle but um so yeah I ended up coming up with the idea I was like okay I gotta get this room built you know people are coming in they're asking about it people are excited so what I did is I put together a paint like a whole little rundown of what we want to do and how much you know that post blowing up was a huge bonus so I put that in there on like how much traction it got and I put that all into in this little like pamphlet thing and I just started cold calling like tons of businesses around town and pitching them this idea saying like, hey, like this is what we want to do and this is how much traction it got. We also, you know, push social media. So what I, what I was doing was selling them an advertisement spot inside of the rage room. And, you know, I explained to them, when people do this, they're going to want to film, they're going to want to post, you know, they're going to want to show their friends. So every person that we have come in, you know, if, you know, film in and post, and it's like most people, that's... Your um, name could be in there. You could, Your advertisement could be in their film. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I called like 100 businesses, and gosh, we got 12 businesses to do it all together. That's a pretty good, pretty good percentage on cold calling. Really. That is good. Right, yeah i mean it it was i mean those those guys helped out so much and there was like a 250 dollar pack a 500 hundred dollar pack and it came you know you get your banner there for the whole year and then you can choose to renew it or you know take it down whatever so um 250 dollar pack 500 dollar pack 750 and then 
this crazy guy on the internet told me, he said, I always have a, a stupid expensive price because somebody is always willing to yep. pay that. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to take this guy's advice, you know, just some random entrepreneur on the internet. And so I put it on there, an $1,100 pack. And so the difference between the packs was just the size of the banner and then the placement of the banner. So like this wall, you know, you can't really see from the window. This wall, you can't. This one, you'll see from the hallway. So that $1,100 pack um, ended up getting one person, you know, smoking deals here in town. Regina, she's like such a good person and just so helpful in so many ways. And um, yeah, she ended up getting that pack. So we got her the biggest banner and um, put it right in front of the window there. So, I mean, you can see it from the hallway. And yeah, they, they helped out a ton with all that. And gosh, I should have mentioned too, the so the night before I started cold calling and like actually put everything together, um, I was struggling financially trying to get everything set up, you know, trying to get enough inventory to like fill that place up. And I was working there from, gosh, I, I don't even know what time it was. It was like three in the morning or something, you know, and I would do that quite often, just work till like three or four in the morning, you know, sleep six hours, then come back and whatever. But so that night I went to the gas station after I got off and um, tried to get some gas to get home because I was living like 20 minutes away. And I tried to use my credit card and it got declined. And I was like, gosh, dang it. So I ended up staying at the shop that night in the back, you know, like the old days. And uh, so I stayed there and I was like, I got to figure this out. So that's initially what was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to cold call. We're going to get some businesses in here. We're going to use that money to build the rage room and get it figured out. And yeah, finally got it going. So it seems <clears throat> just listening to your story and I, just the way like you went through addictions and you were filling your life with certain things. It seems like you just changed it. You've traded one addiction to another and there's like good things you can fill your time with and stuff like that. And you seems like you've just found, I'm just going to throw myself into work, 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 work. So there's outlets for other people. It seems like, like if you find yourself in that position, I don't, you can always find something else to change your addiction it seems like and it seems like you've done that oh yeah a hundred percent um I, i've said that in the past too a lot it's like i went from drinking every day to you know it took all my money it took all my time you know time away from family you know everything and you know maybe maybe it's not a great thing swap into work but there for the first like two years of being sober i was just pushing and I mean, I, everybody says, you know, everybody says I work 26 or whatever, you know, 32 hours a day, you know, <laughs> and like everybody says it, but I was really pushing at minimum 16 hours and, you know, I kept track of all of it. And a lot of the time though, it'd be 18 hours and sometimes even 20 hours, but yeah, I just work, work, work constantly. And my, my whole mindset was like, all right, I'm going to give myself six hours to be home that's six hours to fall asleep, get up and get back at it. And I did that for two years straight. I took one day off on my birthday and I just was like, I'm going to do nothing today. And, uh, yeah, so I definitely, definitely swapped my addiction from drinking because all my time, all my money, everything went into work like the same way that it went into drinking. But the beautiful thing about it though, is like when, you know, you, you could look at it in a bad light you know, you're putting too much into it. 
but the outcome and the impact that it has had, like the person that I was when I was drinking and the person I am today, they are, I I couldn't, I wouldn't even recognize that person. You know, they're two separate, completely separate people. And the positive impact that, you know, I, I always say like you're, you're living the life of the re you're, you're living in the results of the life that you lived like three months ago. You know, what you're doing three months ago is the life that you're living now. Like you're, you're getting the results of that. And those, those two years of pushing, I mean, you know, I'm in the results of that, you know, everything's yep. finally growing and just the impact too, the positive, you know, God, even, even from like family members to friends to everybody, it's like, I don't know, just be the example, you know, be the example when it comes to like fitness or whatever you, you can talk to somebody a million times and tell them exactly what they need. But until you lead them by example, it's, you know, they're, they're going to be a lot less likely to change. Yeah. You like, you put all that input you put in when you're drinking and partying and doing all your other addictions, it's all diminishing returns. Now you have exponential returns for everything you're putting into it. You never know what the outcome is. It could be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're you're just putting your money into something that's going to get you a a short result. Now you're putting all your time and money into something that's going to get you, hopefully, as many gains as you want. Right. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, while partying is fun, the right. uh, the work you're putting in now is probably a lot more fun because you can see the rewards. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. That's when I when I was drinking, it was, you know, I and doing everything else. It's like I I could never see myself without it. Now it's like I could never see myself doing it just because of, I I don't know. I, I've said for a while now. It's like true happiness comes from intentional suffering. You know, nobody wants to go to the gym. But have you ever seen somebody pissed off leaving the gym? You know, you no. feel you feel no, great. Yeah. So it's like I just gotta force myself to get in there someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same. Same. But yeah, so just you know, putting putting in those long days, putting in the hard work and you know, it it, it all is fulfilling and that's the the feeling of accomplishment is where I find my true happiness. That's you your know? new high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing like it. I, I I say that all the time. There's nothing like feeling accomplished, even if it's something small. Oh yeah, right. Endorphins. I yep. mean, I mean just yeah, you get it, it. It is a high. It's another high, um, right. but it's a healthy one. So yeah, right. I like it. I know that's like at the end of the day when you go home and you know turn on the TV or whatever. It's like it feels a lot better kicking your feet up when you know you gave it your all that day. Right. So, Yep. When you slacked off, you kind of feel like a piece of shit. Just wasting my day know? type of thing. That's true. Yeah. I did that last weekend. I'm like, God, I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. do a whole lot. And it gets to you by Sunday. You're like, I should have done something. Right. <laughs> I should have done something. Yeah. Uh, does it, so going back to the rage room, does it stay pretty busy? Yeah. Then? So, God, in, in the beginning, you know, obviously there's like the big rush. You know, it was just constant. But um, now it's it's mainly the weekends. The weekends are normally just back to back to back. But um, and then we'll have a few throughout the week. But in the beginning, though, it was literally just back to back to back to back. And you know, I like got the website going, um, so people can book it right online. And I didn't realize that you could put a buffering time in between the bookings. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, there was there was no buffering time. So, <laughs> I mean, I I would be the only one there, 
and we'd have person after person after person, and I'd be trying to help the other customers. And it, it just was, keeps getting, they get, get, everybody uh, gets pushed back a little bit more yeah. every single time. Yeah. Yeah. The one day, God, the worst it ever got, we're an hour and a half behind. The lady Oof. showed up to do yeah. it, and it's like, man, we got to figure something out here. But <laughs> yeah, so apparently there's a buffering thing you can put on. <laughs> Missed that one. Well, you yeah. probably got to gotta reset the room in between everybody, too. Yeah, we got to clean it and get everything going. Huh. But, yeah, it was, it was just chaos. <laughs> do you have uh, Do you have difficulty finding junk TVs, junk stuff that to be God, destroyed? Or did you get everybody wanting to drop shit off to you? Or? Um, I mean, like now, pe- people will drop stuff off, which we, we haven't pushed it out there much at all because even just the word of mouth, and, like, I'm so grateful that, I didn't, you know, get like a storage unit or something because that was my initial thought was like, all right, I need to get a storage unit, you know, let people know they can drop stuff off. But I'm so thankful that I didn't because even now, just the word of mouth, people have dropped, you know, like there's certain stuff that we can't take, like the old box TVs just because they, something in them. Too much stuff in them. Yeah, they like implode and shoot the glass out. So those are too dangerous. Um, I don't know, a few, few other things are too dangerous. But um. Yeah, even with just the word of mouth, it's like we've gotten so much stuff that we just have to dispose of. So I'm, I'm grateful that we didn't start like a storage unit or whatever, you know. I'm grateful we didn't do that. But but yeah, people do drop some off. Um, But I made how, – how we get like the majority of everything is I made a deal with multiple thrift stores. So what they do is they get so much stuff that they're not going to sell – so, and then they have to pay for disposal, you know, they're paying per pound on disposal. Yeah. So that glass, it just adds up like crazy. I mean, these guys are paying out the roof for disposal. So what they do now is they put everything that they're not going to sell, all the glass or breakable stuff into totes. And then I just stop there once a week and pick up the totes, you know, well, I buy the totes off of them for yeah. less than it would have been buying off the shelf. But, but yeah, so that, that was a big saving. And then all the big items, um, like the electronics and everything, ended up partnering up with Nerd. It's Nebraska. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, if that was where you were getting that stuff from. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska Electronics. Um, yeah, they they've helped out a ton, and I mean, they they I mean they're saving the day every day, you know, because yeah. they just fly through stuff. So yeah, what they do, you know, Nerd they take the valuable parts out of electronics, and then for like the TVs. They'll put the shell back on so it looks like a normal TV, you know. Nobody sees the difference. You know, it don't yeah. matter that a couple motherboards are out of it. And then uh, put a couple of screws in it so the back's on. It looks like a normal TV. Um, we pick it up. People smash it and then just take the little bit of scrap metal back to them. The little bit of scrap metal. Yeah. <laughs> That's those, funny. Those TVs, they just have like that little thin layer of scrap in them. But yeah. That's cool. I was, I was, that's who I figured you were probably going through for that stuff, but I didn't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. But I take a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're really good people. Really good people. Yep. But yeah, in the beginning, though, it was, I mean, it was rough in the beginning. There was no deal with no thrift stores. <laughs> there was no nerd deal. There was nothing. So I was, imagine the first time you saw a bunch of people destroying shit, you're like, Fuck, we can go through a lot of shit today. A hundred percent. And the way that we were getting it was this, I mean, finding whatever we could. And 
I, I said it multiple times. It's like, if I had a dollar for every time I looked like a crackhead, I, <laughs> I would not be doing this. Because <laughs> it would be like two in the morning. I mean, we have 10, 15 bookings the next day, and we only have five items, like big items. Yeah. So we'd just be driving, looking at all the dumpsters, you know, and yeah, just getting what we could get. That's funny. Did, but, did you do uh, Iowa Hawkeyes theme? Yeah. See, you should Yo, have done that for your God bet. damn it. I need to get in there and destroy some Iowa shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's got my name written all over it. Let's go. Yeah. So what do you charge? For, like, is it by time? Yeah. So, or by the amount of stuff they break? or. Uh, a little bit of both. So the first pack that we got is a ten dollar pack. That it's just like a sample pack. We call it the lunch break. Um, so yeah, it's was it seven? It's ten dollars, seven items for seven minutes. Just like a quick little one. Um, for the picture on that, it was pretty fun putting it all together. Um, but the picture on that one, it's uh, Chris Farley dressed up on Tommy Boy with his whole suit on <laughs> and his hair all crazy. <laughs> but then the second pack we got is um. It's a $25 pack. It comes with 15 items, and it's 15 minutes. Then the third one is $35 pack, 15, no, 20 items, 15 minutes. And then the last one is a $45 pack. It comes with 25 items, and um, that one is a 30-minute pack. And then each of those, you get a bigger electronic item. So, like, the customers get to pick out their own items, and then we pull out the bigger stuff. So, like, the biggest pack comes with, like, the big screen TVs. Um, the two smaller packs come with, like, I don't know, the the ones, like, printers or, you know, medium-sized stuff. Office space style. I was just going to say, yeah. office space. Yeah, yeah. What type of waivers are involved? You have to have people sign waivers for that, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we just got the same Enter waivers. at your own risk type of thing? Yeah, yeah. We, uh... I just called around and got some from some other rage rooms. That's cool. Nice that they were able, they're willing to work with you. Right. <coughs> I know they're, uh, yeah, the one that I called initially, they, uh, they were so rude. We, <laughs> like I told them about it and God, the lady, I can't remember what she did, but she was so rude and she just hung up on me oh, and geez. it's like, what the hell? <laughs> some people don't like to help out. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, we we talked before. I don't want to get too much into it. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it's difficult to find insurance for something like that. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about the raid room I wanted to know. Obviously, you said it stays kind of busy on the weekends. Do you, do you have a lot of people that come like over the lunch hour for the lunch break package? Um, that like need to like get away from work and just break some shit. God, not necessarily. You know, ma- majority of the people that come and do it, it's like families or you know date date night or whatever but yeah i mean that that's the cool thing though like with the whole skate shop you know initially just a skate shop so our demographic was you know maybe 30 and younger for age range but now with the rage room i mean we get all sorts of people that i think the best group that we ever had it was four ladies and they, they were uh Gosh, I mean, they had to have been pushing upper sixties. Some, some true blue hair, blue haired's, huh? Yeah, they they were just funnier than hell, and they were drinking that day, <laughs> and they called me ahead of time, and they're like, "Hey, can we bring some beers in?" Blah blah. I was like, "No, we probably should." <laughs> but they were just, I mean, they were you know pushing sixty plus age range, and yeah, they just were so funny. But I bet. 
Yeah, the demo, like the diversity of people that we get is just it's incredible. And they have to walk past your store to get to it, right? Yep, yep. That, does that help you? Yeah, definitely. With the skate shop? Yep, yep. A lot of guys, we just got into ordering like funny shirts, just shirts with funny stuff. Graphic, mm-hmm. Just regular graphic tee type shirt stuff? Yep, yep, yep. They'll just have like, I don't know, like silly quotes on them and right. stuff. And yeah, those those go really good. Like we'll get Rage Room customers and then they'll be like, oh, we got to get this for, you know, whoever. But uh yeah, like two weeks ago, we had four priests come and do it, and I don't, I don't know what you know if they're Catholic or what what they were, but yeah, four priests came and did it, and huh. it's just cool. It, it shows the diversity of people, of you people, know. Yeah. yeah. Did you have cool. a Did you have a fight on your hands at all, or uh, any obstacles or hurdles that you had to climb over with like your landlords and stuff about putting it in? Did they Did they fight you on it at all, or they didn't? It no. didn't bother him at all. Yeah, no, not at all. It was all all smooth sailing, and uh, yeah, put putting it all together was a little bit difficult though. Like, I don't know, just building building everything. You know that yep. that was a little bit of a challenge, but but yeah, the, for for them though, they were they were okay with it. Because I'm guessing you had to pay for all the construction of that, right? Yep, yep. That's what I want people to understand. Is like when people rent spaces like that. We talked about it with Danny from 411 too. Is usually any kind of updating of the interior is going to be done by the the renter, right? Yeah. So I just yep. want to make sure people understand that. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about on the rage room? Um, gosh. it sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely super fun. Um, yeah, I, I think we covered everything though. I think that's about it. We'll have to go do it. Yeah, you got a Packers themed one, so Vance no, can let off. Some definitely energy. not gonna have a Packers. Right? I mean, I'll go <laughs> break some bear shit, but now the Iowa one—that—that's got my name. Yep, that's gonna happen. If we yeah. fucking lose the Iowa basketball, I'm gonna have to be showing up for that. Yeah, man, we'll have to film it. That can be our first TikTok. There you go. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We uh, painted everything Iowa colors. So yeah, I mean, we like thousands of glasses and stuff, and <laughs> just spray painted all the Iowa colors, and then. Went over to Salvation Army and found an old helmet, like a football helmet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, painted it all Iowa. And, yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cleanup like? Are you Obviously, you're having to dispose of that yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cleanup, it sucks. We uh, <laughs> constantly have to just, you know, every time somebody goes, you just clean it, like sweep it all to the side, throw it in a tote, and then haul it out to the dumpsters. But so you're taking it to the dumpsters, not to the dump yourself. Yeah. So it's going to the dumpsters. Yeah. Did yep. you have to sign a special contract for that or no, did you have to didn't. let them know you were doing that? No. Because obviously you're probably filling it more than the normal business would, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we didn't really have to do anything for that. That's good. They're, like certain stuff, you know, all the scrap or whatever, we got to separate. But just the glass stuff, we just throw it in the dumpsters. Is that business doing pretty well for you? Yeah, definitely. Pretty profitable. Yeah. And God, I just looked the other day. Um, we've had like well over a few thousand people that have done it. And when first starting it, it's like, all right, this is this taking up space. You know, I did not expect it to yeah. do good, but then it just took off. And so many cool opportunities, too, just came out of it, especially like meeting all the business owners that, you know, got their advertisement spot in there. It's like there's been so, so many cool things that have came out of it. That's awesome. But gosh, uh, the one one thing that we are going to be doing this year is, so at the very back, like we got a big long shelf where you pick out all your items. It's like super, super long and uh, there's four different rows of it. 
So in that back room there, we're going to turn it into like a party room. So we get a lot of like office parties, you know, people doing it for like an office, like what do they call it? A like group, like like a group, group bonding, bonding type group thing. Bonding experience. Yeah. 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 So, so they don't hate each other. You know, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to turn that back room into like a party room so you can rent it out for a couple hours for, you know, birthdays and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that that's in, in during this year, we'll get that done. Is there an age requirement? No, no. As long as the guardian's there. Um, so, like, for 12 and under, the guardian has to be in the room with them. Um, 13 and older, the guardian can sit outside the room and just watch them through the window. That's kind of cool. So yeah. I, can get, I can get Declan in there to, there you go. <laughs> to yeah. break some stuff? Yeah. He might need that. <laughs> He's five. Oh, okay. <laughs> Four, whatever he is, five. Um, do you have, like... Besides the party room, do you have any other ventures or projects that you're working on that you're willing to discuss with us or things that you might have ideas for in the future that you want to discuss and don't give away, I guess? Got a, right now, really, social media. I mean, with this being one of the slowest months and then, you know, next month's pretty slow as well. And, I mean, I've been pushing social media for a while, but, um, yeah, like so, like, TikTok, back to TikTok, it is now paying super well, so... Like in in the past, I I grew the TikTok page to like 112,000 followers. And initially, when I first started getting paid off of it, they had like their create. The creator fund. Creator fund is what Mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. So that was like pennies. I mean, this all together over like two plus years, I made like $700. But now TikTok, I mean, they're paying insane amount of money. I mean, it's, it's definitely a profitable, profitable platform. So, like, I just had a video take off, and it got, I think, 190, or, God, what was it? I think maybe it's at 200,000 views now, but um, I got paid, like, 200 bucks for that video. Like, just yep. the one, I mean, it's so, so silly, just a stupid video. That's and, all right. We're, we're getting a little FOMO on the podcast of not being on there yet. We have right. a page. We just haven't created anything. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I've been recommending TikTok to, like, people throughout the years because even just uh not even like looking at like the money from tiktok it's like for the store itself the amount of people that have came in like at the original shop we had some guys travel seven hours just to come and check out the shop yeah. and so I, I wasn't even supposed to work that day and i went in there and we just hung out all day because yeah i mean the power of social media it's, it's yeah the tiktok does have a lot of power right now yeah. Um, and you were saying Facebook. I we haven't gotten a whole lot of traction on Facebook. It has not helped us um, a whole lot. So we're trying to look at other avenues, TikTok and right. things. Um, Facebook, I think, is kind of a thing of the past, right? A little bit when it comes to that, you know. But it is what it is. Yeah. TikTok's where it's at. We just haven't done it yet. Oh yeah, I know. Once you guys get the video going, I think that'll be huge. Like the video of the podcast itself. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then yep. I gotta learn how to edit it. Yeah. Edit everything down. Just right. clip it. Right. That one, once we can clip it, that would be pretty badass. If we can yeah. get some stuff going like that. And it'll help our, our guests. We're we're I'm excited on the touching base side of it for video to help our guests out also. Right. Get their face out there and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. I'm always the guy is also why it took us long to even do this in the first place. It has to be perfect. Right. We, we gotta have the perfect video. 
and keep hearing from all these other creators when I see them talk and they're like, you just got to fucking do it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so I just got to finally just, I had a cool idea for a video back when football was still going on and then we kind of, we'll probably still maybe get it. Yeah. We'll do it. Maybe next Come year. Come like but, spring, spring football or yeah, something. Yeah. But we got to do something before spring. So we'll, we'll figure something out, but it was right. a cool idea. And then we, we just passed up on it, but right. we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely hard. Like getting over that. I don't know. Like for me, there's a lot of like local people that follow like the TikTok page and I just make just the dumbest videos. I mean, there'll be, there's like skits or, you know, I, I don't know. They're just silly videos. And yeah. that, that's a hard part. It's like, man, what are these guys going to think? Or what are these guys going to think? Who fucking cares? That's, that's the end of Who the day. Yeah. You know, it's like, I gotta just push. That's why we do the podcast. We don't give, you know, we don't give a crap. Anybody thinks you know, we're going to keep talking how we want to talk. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Is there anything else involving you that you wanted to get into? Gosh, I, I think we covered everything. Um, I don't know. I definitely, I guess I want to say if anybody out there is, you know, struggling with alcohol, you know, I'm an open book. You can call the store, call, you know, get a hold of me, and I'm, I'm always willing to help with any of that stuff. Would you be willing to do, like, a, if we brought you on for another episode, if we did, like, a Q&A? Yeah, definitely. Because we, we may have... And maybe they won't do it. We, we we will have the capability of doing live broadcast too at that point. Right. Um, but even if we don't do it live, we can say, hey, you know, if you've listened to his original podcast, uh, he's coming back on. Yep. And we can do, they do like a Facebook Q&A or whatever, TikTok. Because right. um, I, I can answer some questions on that too. So we could, I mean, I'm sure you could answer. I'm sure all four of us could answer oh, yeah. um, some questions about addiction. So. I think that'd be kind of cool. Would you, would you be open to doing something like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Are you involved in, in helping out um, any addiction type stuff or recovery type stuff or any any programs like that? No, I'm not I'm not in any <clears throat> programs at all. Um, definitely, like, with, with the young kids that come in, I'm like, I don't know. I'd, I, I don't know. I don't want to consider myself like an older brother, but <laughs> I, I try to guide these kids as much as I can, like, yeah, we recently had the one one kid came in and yeah he he's been in just he's been through hell and uh so no matter how stressed out no matter how much i had going on no matter what was going on you know just take the time some of these kids need, just need somebody to listen to them that's not judging them you know and so yeah that's that's about all i do it's like i mean friends and yep. people i know will reach out and yeah so i'll, I'll Try to help as many people as I can, but I'm not in any programs, which I, I would like to be in the future. But yeah, just not not as of right now. Gotcha. Well, this this podcast will be a good platform for you to maybe not get into a program, but we could make it like a we we could do something with it, right? I think have you on, and we can talk about that kind of stuff. I'd like to do it. Right. I, I haven't really ever told my story and what I went through a whole lot in depth, so it'd be kind of fun <clears> to go through everything and right. And we like, like to push a lot, like, um, the, and it's kind of the touching base thing, and we've noticed it with a lot of people, and we've pushed it pretty much every time. It's like, there's ways out. You don't, I mean, you could be, you were living in your shop. I mean, you were having a hard time. It, you lived without electricity. Right. You made it out. Yeah, Anybody, that's the great thing about America. Anybody can make it out. Oh, you yeah. just have to, it'll suck. It, it just sucks, and you just got to do it. And there are some people that can't go back to it. And some that can get through it and still be able to partake if they wanted to, but I, I don't want to make that sound like a. That's not what I'm trying to say. But there, there are there are different paths people can take to to yeah, come to the crazy. same uh, 
Danny yeah, told us he point. took a sixty dollar shot and then yeah. never drank again after that. I don't know if you you probably listened to his episode yet. No, I haven't. He was he was a big drinker when he was living up in Rapid City, and yeah, he took a he just took a sixty dollar shot and he never drank after that. Oh, wow. hasn't drank since then. He's like, I didn't get smarter. I didn't feel any better. I didn't, and I just was like, an epiphany happened, and right. he hasn't drank since. Oh wow, isn't crazy. that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy how it just happens to everybody. Everybody's story is different, but it, it's cool how it kind of comes, how the stories come to the same end point. Right. Yeah, 100%. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about doing that uh, outside of the podcast. Um, but that'd be a lot of fun. I yeah, think. definitely. Yeah, give us some more content, too. We've talked to a few yep. few different people about that, where we're going to bring them back on for certain Q&A type stuff. So we're going to get political here. Cool with that? Yeah. So with an election year coming up, how do you feel about where the state of our country is right now? And do you feel that we are being well represented at the federal and state levels? Gosh, I definitely don't feel like we're being well well represented. Um, I, I think a lot needs to change. And, you know, it's such a... We're in a downhill spiral right now. And, you know, the past four years, it has just shown some true colors. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it's a scary time. It's a scary time to be alive. It's a scary time to be in business. You know, it's like what, you know, what what's gonna come? And yeah, I think I think everything. We got some crooked people that need to be taken out. And yeah, I hope that taken I, out of office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. T- taken out of office. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine the other way. I just don't want to put words <laughs> in your mouth. Right. <laughs> we need them taken out of office. <laughs> We'll just add that extra word in there real quick. I've definitely noticed that a lot with business owners too. It's a, it's a different the way we approach talking it's a about scare. politics. Yeah, it's a it's a very big different scare. <clears throat> right. Um, so it's good to hear that from you too. It, it's just, everybody says the same thing. Right. Uh, whether they are a Democrat or Republican, like it's not in the best spot for a business right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think. Gosh, I think this year might be a. Might be a little rough, yeah. But we'll see. Could be another summer of love. We never know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. We're hoping not. Yeah. Um, do you? So do you feel like that? Like the systems that are in place still work in today's time? The two party system. Do you feel like that's still something that's that's viable? Do you I think mean, it works? I I think so. It's I think just getting the right people in the right positions. So not career politicians anymore. Yeah, hundred percent. Better just fighting each other. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's hopefully they they can get everything figured out because the way things have been and everything that you know all of us have went through the past four years, it's it's insane. It's just completely, it's crazy. completely insane. Yep. I mean, this you know a lot of people turn their head to it, you know, and they're like, I I feel like it's because they don't believe that people can be that evil, you know? I mean, there's, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there's You're clear not. evidence out there of this corrupt, evil shit that these guys are doing. You'll so, have to listen to our other podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we dive into that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we definitely touch more on on what you're speaking and You're about. definitely not a conspiracy theorist, but you are right. There are people that just are blinded to it. They don't... I know. I, I feel like that they don't want to believe that people can be that evil. Yeah. You know, most people are good. Most people have a good heart, so they don't even comprehend that people can actually be that evil and i mean they are we got some evil people running like people people have a propensity for evil i mean people are selfish uh, you have to fight to not be selfish i mean that's kind of the way the human 
people are not inherently good. They have to choose to be good. Right. And you have to fight it that way. Right. Usually it's easier to be evil. Yeah. It's a lot easier to be Because it's in our it's a human nature. That's yeah. our nature. Yeah, to lie, to yeah. cheat, steal. Yeah, you have to easier choose, to do. You have to choose to be good. And once you realize that and then you start Yeah, I mean, we're we're sheltered here. I think I feel in right. in Norfolk, but I especially I'm places, from Battle yeah. Creek, but a small town. You're sheltered there in a in a sense that, I mean, everybody knows everybody per se. Um, so you you have a sense of comfortability, right. um, but then you go to these bigger cities, it's like shit. <laughs> like yeah. this is a whole different world. It's yeah. a whole different world. I know that's gotta be looking at like California right now. Yeah. It's like that used to be where everybody wanted to go. Now I mean, oh my God. You couldn't pay me to go there now. You couldn't pay me. It was one of my favorite vacation spots and I can't even take my kids there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's insane. I've only been to California once in my life. Well, I went to Michael Jordan's basketball camp five years in a row out there in Santa Barbara, yeah. right on the coast. I loved it. But I can't I can't even go take my kids to experience it right now because it'd just be a shit show. Right. And I think it's I think it's important that we all, you know, we all speak our mind, come together, you know. True. I think, I mean, it's intentional that just dividing everybody, and yeah, yeah it's, it's important that we all come together. And even if we don't agree on the same stuff, it's like we're still we're we're still in the same boat. We're cockroaches to these guys. Oh yeah. And we got to come together and you know make a change. I feel like what you were talking about, like people just don't they don't believe it. I I think that's by design. They just. <clears throat> everybody's so comfortable because we're a material driven country right now and we could be miserable economically everything but our lifestyle our, our uh, comfortability lifestyle is so much better than it's been ever in the point of human history it's hard to notice the shit coming like you just you just kind of numb to it you blinders. just don't yeah you have right. your blinders on you're not really paying attention to it the things like around that. you it's yep. just they're they're going their day-to-day business <laughs> and doing the same thing the same routine every day and don't see we're not the, seeing what's coming six months down the road right some yeah. of us are well some some people are yeah. don't turn the news on just live your life that's why people don't have an opinion anymore right. yeah. they, they don't pay attention yeah they don't have their own opinion they they go off of what their friends are doing or what they're you know or they, they, or they listen to one media group and they don't see both sides. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. narrow-minded. It's, yeah, that's very true. And no offense to the older generation, but that's kind of where that sits. It's our our generation too, but right. It's a. I, it, I yeah. think it comes with age a little bit. It does. And it's it's working. everybody starts out liberal. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they start paying we, taxes. We've talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> What's Shane Gillis's thing? It's, everybody's a liberal until you. Uh, what was it? I, I until know you that. start until you start going and learn, learning history. <laughs> <laughs> until you start learning history. Um, but anyway, that's a whole another subject. So uh, we don't need to talk about which party you're affiliated with. We don't try to get too deep into that. But what would you? How would you change some of the things that you that you see that are bad? How is there something? Is there any ideas that you have? Of, even at the local level. At the local level, I I really don't know. I mean, I, I think for, like, the big scale, it would be, you know, our borders just being wide open. I mean, that's in, this insanity. And then sending all of this money. We have Americans sleeping on the streets, you know, sir. Some of them might choose to do that. But, I mean, we, we got to take care of us first. You know, we can't, we can't be the helper if we're not helping ourselves. So I, I think just 
focus focus on America, you know, focus on us first, and then we can, you know, it'd be cool to help all these other countries and do all the things that we've been doing, but just, I don't know, the complete insanity, and, you know, for taxes too, it's like, if we could just pay a set amount of tax, whether you make a dollar or you make a hundred million dollars, you know, it's, if you pay 15% of what you make, I've and the money was spent well, you know, if we could have a say on where the money goes instead of being funneled into the politicians' pockets, you know, it's... Yeah. I, well, I, we're supposed to have a say. Right. We just, that's by who we elect. You yeah. know, but that's that's not the case at this point in time. But they don't have to listen to you either. Right. 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 So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, just set set tax pay, you know, just pay a set amount, um, you know, like 15% of what you make. You know, like guys in California, they're paying distance. I mean, it's the definition of slavery. Yeah. I mean, it truly is. And, yeah, just close up our borders, you know, get get. I mean, here, even here in Nebraska, we're basically 30%. Right. For middle class people, you're basically right at 30%. Right. For them to On be- money that <laughs> you pay the taxes on the income tax, then you pay the taxes when you go buy something, and then you pay the taxes on when you sell that something. Yeah. Just, um, Jesus Christ. And like you said, if they could spend it the right way, that's the key. Yeah. If I had, if I had um, confidence that they were going to spend that money the right way, I don't mind paying taxes. Oh yeah. But when my roads are shit, my police force is shit, everything my everything you taxes pay for is shit, then I don't, I don't need to give you any more money. You've failed. Right. You're you're no longer in charge of this shit. In my opinion. Yeah. No, it's almost. God, with all the crookedness, it's like it's almost it almost feels morally wrong paying taxes. <laughs> Obviously, we got You're it. Not but wrong. It's like God. I think it's about time we go throw some tea in the harbor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. What what would that be? You know, like what would that be today in today's time? Like a Boston Tea Party. Yeah. What would that be in today's time? How could you hurt the government so bad <clears throat> that it, it would turn in our favor without uh, without killing anybody? Everybody takes maximum withholdings out of their payroll and nobody fucking pays it the next year. Yeah. Fuck their 87 IRS agents, yeah. 87,000 IRS agents, 330 yeah. million people not paying taxes. That would right. end pretty fucking quick. But you're not getting everybody on board for that though. No, I know. I, I say pull out the wood chipper. Get a hundred million people <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> right. Take them out. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. on this board now. No longer. We're not taking them out of office. We're yeah. just taking them out. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably enough politics now. (laughs) Um, We'll end here. Where where, where do you see yourself going in the future? Are you enjoying where you are? Do you see yourself staying in Northeast Nebraska? Yeah, a hundred percent. We'll we'll always stay. I mean, in in Norfolk, at least have a location in Norfolk. But the main goal is to get multiple locations for, like, whisper the store. I don't know if we'll always have a rage room. You know, it's been super fun. It'd be a cool, like, side thing to always have attached to it. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll we'll definitely get more locations and then just really, really focus on social media and getting the website going. And, yes, social media, you know, I've said from the beginning – I love Norfolk. I love the whole community. You know, it's growing. It's it's an, an amazing community here. But, you know, if you're only staying in Norfolk, you can only ever be as big as Norfolk allows you to be. So we really got to start pushing on social That's true. media. You're not wrong. Right. I like that. 
I yeah. like that a lot. Well, it's true. It's evident with the podcast and how, um, not saying we had slow growth, but it's true. Right. We, if we stay within local parameters, which is what we're trying to do to an extent, but then we're also trying to get bigger. But, right. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think social media is going to have to be a, a platform that we uh, definitely focus on. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's good that you want to stick around here, though. Yeah. Even if you want to open up new shops and stuff. Right. That That's like... Gosh, my big goal is to have like a headquarters here in Norfolk, just a big warehouse to ship everything out of, you know, like sell crazy online and push social media like crazy and then just have a warehouse and like an indoor skate park is a huge goal. Have that here in town for like all the kids and have like after school programs and, you know, definitely, definitely got a lot of goals, but got a long ways to go to get there. Do you, do you like the storefront model? Yeah, the the brick and mortar model. You really want? Do you want to keep that as a as a main part of your business is with a brick and mortar style? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you know, as as big as, as a hangout group, or you know, because it seems like it's been really good with you with the kids, and like you've you've really connected with the youth, and so I think you can't get that if you were just strictly online. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I think <clears throat> I don't know. It's like ideally, I'd like just to have you know a mass many many locations and then have like the headquarters just provide as many jobs as possible you know we can only we don't need a million guys you know boxing up orders but if we can have retail stores all over the place then we can really you know provide a lot of jobs Hmm. you and i should talk we'll talk (laughs) later that's a good idea anyway um is anything else you want to get out there anything else you want to promote anything else for yourself no, I, I think we covered about everything. Well, we'll get you back on. We'll do like what we talked about and maybe do like a Q&A um, podcast, talk about alcohol, substance abuse, any kind of any kind might of things. Bring, that, bring on a panel or something too at some point if you'd be fine with that. If we get some other people that have gone through it and dealt with it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. We've only got availability of four mics for now, but we can always share. We've talked about once we have the studio, we can pass the mic back and forth. And, right. Um but yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. I appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is huge. And I, I love that you guys are doing this. Well, we appreciate thank you. it. All right, we will catch you guys next time.